Hello, you geeks and goons, and welcome to episode 146 of the F Reality Podcast. Happy 4th of July to all our friends stateside. We hope you're all having a safe and well time with your friends and family. And join us for the next couple of hours while we discuss the latest VR news. This week, we're going to be celebrating the one-year anniversary of the Valve Index. We discuss a new sleek-looking prototype for some small form-factor VR glasses from Facebook Reality Labs. Nathan will be talking about his hands-on experience with Iron Man VR on the PSVR. And finally, Zim's got some new VR releases for you to look forward to next week. But for now, let me introduce you to the team, find out what's been the highlight of the week this week, and also let us know what you played this week in the chat so we can read out some of your highlights too. So first up to the plate, no objects or people are safe with this madman around when he's in VR. It's my blonde friend and destroyer of walls is, of course, Nathy. How you doing? How's the hand? It's uh, it's doing doing well, although my arm was a little sore after that, after that, you know, punch. Yeah, it really felt like I punched straight through my wall this time. Uh, of course, I punch many, you know, things um, because, I mean, uh, I have been, you know, in VR for 84 years now. So, uh, but, th- but th- this was like, like seriously, this was like the, the most intense punch I've ever done. And this was with the, this was with the, the move controller because I, I, I feel like I was always protected by or, you know, the, the, the Oculus controller or the Vive one. Mm-hmm. But this, this one is, you know, your fingers are around it. So the first thing that, that hits are your fingers. So this was, you know, um, yeah, pretty rough, I would say. Um, so what I was doing, I was playing Iron Man. I wanted to punch uh, an enemy, and then uh, I was standing too close to my wall. I already kind of knew I was in that uh, danger zone because it's a front-facing experience, and I kept turning around to my wall. Um, so then I punched it, and you could hear me because I posted a clip on Twitter. You can really hear me like, Ugh, and then it's like, ouch! But it it, it really hurts. And then and then yesterday. <laughs> I almost fell. I almost fell over because I uh, was so tangled up in my cable, but I was in, in, in a moment where I, I could just not stop. I had to kind of finish it up. So so I was already like, oh, this game is so good that I'm getting tangled up. It's usually a good sign because then you're like totally immersed. But then I almost fell <laughs> with my cable and my cable is completely ruined. Like I've never ever seen it being so, so bad. So I don't know what's up, but something wants me dead. I don't know what it is, but it, <laughs> wow. it's it's like, you know, uh, you can say whatever I am. I'm super pro. It doesn't happen that much. But these two days, I just wasn't in luck. Um, but something else I wanted to actually quickly, you know, uh, talk about or actually ask is like, I saw this tweet of someone uh, saying something like, uh, what do you what do you want more of in VR? Mm-hmm. Could be anything. I mean, is there is there a certain desire that you personally, you know, feel also in the chat, like, well, what's something that, you know, you're you're looking for? What are you missing? Okay. Do you want to answer this first, then, or do you want me to go first? Yeah, you go first, Mike, on this one. Okay. So I just want more games. That's as plain and simple as that. Okay. Um, because I think we have a lot of games in VR right now, but I think the amount of games that hit that real high-quality bar... Um, we're going to get more into this later on when we talk about the Valve Index and Valve and Half-Life Alex, etc. But the problem is that that kind of set the bar so high now that we don't really have many other games that match it in terms of quality, mm-hmm. um, storytelling, you know, driven experience. So that's what I want probably more than anything else because it's the software that drives hardware adoption. Mm-hmm. It's not hardware that drives software adoption. It's the other way around. Mm-hmm. So um, 
that's probably something that I would want more than anything else in VR right now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, my side is pretty simple. Um, I can remember maybe eight years or something ago now <clears throat> when I first uh, played Left 4 Dead for the first time and had no idea what it was. Uh, I want a game that is a system seller, just one social experience, something that's going to do like what... Like, VR chat spiked at one stage, Beat Saber's been super popular, right? But I want a game that's going to pull everyone together and have you staying up late at night and, like, really pushing, yeah. you know, yeah. what you... Like, why I want to jump into the game, you, you know? You, are you, like, something like, for example, we have seen with Fortnite, where everyone knows about it and everyone knows how social it is, how much fun it is to also... It's, it's a game, of course, but it's like the social aspect of that is, like, huge. Yeah, I mean, could be could 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 be anything. I I really don't care what it is. I just want something that's got a hook that's so gripping yeah. Yeah. that it's almost unavoidable. You know that people mm, just yeah. and I know it's going to happen. I just want yeah. that to happen. So it, it's going to happen. But it would be great if that happened this year. No, uh, I, I, yeah. I I do agree. I think uh, like hardware wise, I think we're settled uh, in in a good way for now. I don't think we need yeah. something super next level, uh, but. Uh, yeah, of course, games are definitely going to push us in the, into the right direction. Something, something else that I also want to see more is uh, the shopping experience of VR headsets, where uh, it's it's easier to first of all make a choice and also easier to be guided on what you personally should be buying because i feel like mm. it's a minefield uh, no one seems yeah. to really understand how things uh they just look for a vr headset and that's where it already goes wrong because people then end up on all these websites and no one seems to really be able to make mm. like tell the difference between all of those you know hmds it's it's super complicated yeah and even with oculus just with two products it's complicated and it's a difficult answer to give anyone that says should i buy a rift s or a quest like you have to sit that person down and have a good like five to ten minute discussion with them and discuss what they need out of a vr headset to give them a reasonable answer mm -hmm. and and to go even further like you know i was going to talk about pimax today because they had an event this week but i just started looking at the information that they provided in their too long didn't read section and it was just like i don't even understand a lot of this stuff anymore like it's so fractured mm. with multiple skews with different names and artisan added to some names and then an but, x added onto the end of some names and it's just like if i was a first time buyer of a vr headset and i was looking at a pimax for example i would have no idea what to buy i think i, I have no clue i think that in in general vr headsets needs need to be simplified like buying a tv Nowadays, people know that 4K is just sharper. That's all. That's all they know and, and that it looks better. And the way they advertise that, it's like, whoa, look at all these cool movies you can watch. And it's, oh, it's really coming out of the screen. It's so immersive. I think that's what they should do with VR. They should translate all those things that you just named, all those uh, specs that, that, that are just hard to understand and translate them into something more you know, something easier, something that you can better understand. Uh, yeah. 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 The problem is also that, you know, when you go and buy a TV, you go to a TV shop and you look at all the different TVs and they show these like lovely demo reels of stuff and you just pick the one that looks nice 
to you, right? Yeah, yeah. The problem is you can't do that with a VR headset. No. Well, you well. couldn't before and you definitely won't be able to do that in the near future <laughs> because of like, obviously, you know, the pandemic. Uh-huh. So the only thing that people can do is rely on uh, information sources like this podcast, you know, our own individual channels um, and, and our recommendations. And I think that's what's driven consumer choices up to this point. Mm-hmm. But it's definitely something that the VR industry yeah. needs to address in but the future. Needs, like, sure. We're talking like a majority of consumers are, are yeah. not going on the internet to constantly look everything up. Uh, they, they might might go to the store they might go to some websites but it's just like if if you just think about if you now go on the internet looking for a headset it's like you, you don't get educated on what what's a console headset what's a mobile headset what's a pc vr headset it's like no one knows because all these websites are all telling a different story and it needs to be more mm-hmm. universal so they can point to each other saying like, oh yeah, this is why this and that and that. Same with TVs, right? Everyone knows mm-hmm. a TV is just a TV. But with VR, for some reason, it's like, yeah, but that headset looks different. So that, then it must be doing something different, right? But it's just mm-hmm. that it's, it, in the end, it's just the same thing. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I think, know. you know, th- th- I think there's been a problem that the industry has faced since like yeah, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's reinception yeah, yeah. of consumer VR. But that ends up in people buying or the wrong headset yeah. or getting the, the worst experience, yeah. you know? And I think ultimately the person that wins is the one that has the best marketing, like, you know, yeah. from PlayStation. No, you're right. We've seen yeah. amazing marketing. We've also seen like really great marketing from Oculus as well, yeah, yeah. you know, with these kind of like mixed reality trailers, you know, the Defy yeah. reality trailers. I think they've been amazing. Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, other companies should really like just take notice about they, what they, they're doing and really step up What they do is like game. they simplify the technology. Yeah. And that's what yeah. we need. And I think next yeah. to games, that's what they should do with the hardware. And together, you can bring it in harmony, and it's it's yeah. only gonna get better. So yeah, no, I yeah. totally agree. Yeah, nice little uh, nice little roundtable discussion there at the there beginning of the show. We're getting deep before we <laughs> even started, guys. Surprise! Oh, you know, it's only gonna go downhill from here. I'm sorry <laughs> if you're a listener or a watcher, but you know, we've peaked already. Um, okay, so next up, this man puts the persistent in the persistence. He's never gonna give you up, and he's never gonna let you down. It's VR streamer Zimtok5. How you doing, man? You all right? Nice taste of Astley there. I like it. Appreciate it. Hats off to you, Mike. Um, <laughs> hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, this week I did do the persistence, and uh, lo and behold, that happens to be uh, ha- at least half of my uh, half of my highlight of the week. Um, persistence, for those of you who don't know, is a game that started off on PSVR. It's now available on uh, for PC VR players, and I played it on my Rift S. And uh, <clears throat> yeah. Sum it up. I'll say it's a uh, uh, it's a space version of Monstrum. It's like uh, it's a horror game. Mm-hmm. It's procedural, and yeah, you get hunted um, I, in in such an uncomfortable way as well. Like I don't think I've felt that feeling. You know, when you set a game down that you've played, like a horror game, proper horror game, that's like gotten to your core a little bit, and you're like, I don't want to go back to that. But then there's something <laughs> itching in you that says, like, I know I'm gonna have to play that again sometime. Uh, that's where I left with the persistence. Like it's it, it's good because it's got rogue. I didn't know it had rogue light elements to it, but like mm-hmm. you're unlocking stuff as you're going and dying. But oh my god, like some of those in the first couple of hours of gameplay, like it is not it is not a friendly game. It, like there are a lot of like nasty, dark jump scare stuff that happens, but also, and this doesn't happen in many games, and that's why I related to Monstrum. You get hunted. Like there are things after you that you know are more powerful than you or are faster than you or whatever and it just makes you feel like a powerless little shrew a little mouse that's just like darting dark between dark halls so yeah good luck uh, i know mike you said you might do that soon so i look forward to 
seen you play. I played it actually. Oh, um, did you? I did. Oh, yeah, good. I did play it. I took some time to play it this week, um, <laughs> just because I know we talked about it on the show last week, and it, yeah. it did pique my interest. Um, I wasn't that enamored by it. Um, I only played for maybe half an hour, forty-five minutes. I, I did feel. I I I, under, I thought you might like this one. I I kind of got a feeling that you would like this one because this is kind of your jam, right? You know, yeah. With Monstrum, Dread Halls, Alien Isolation, I thought you'd you would dig it. But personally, for me, it felt very dated. Um, yeah, you know, the control, I don't think it's, you, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna pick out the controls because like the control yeah. scheme, the fact that you got two choices, your hands are either stuck to your view or you unlock yeah. them and they're still kind of there and the HUD's really in your way a lot of the time. So yeah, I'm with you there. I I, I wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't call it a buy. It's not a, yeah. I de- yeah, I definitely yeah. wouldn't say it's a buy. Like, you need no. to use an Xbox controller. And I think, you know, if you're going to use an Xbox yeah. controller in a game like this, just go and buy Alien Isolation because, you know, the the Alien in that is just so well done. Hiding in lockers and, you know, it, it, it also taking a reading from your microphone. So if you breathe loud or you say, or you scream, it's going to find you, you know. Mm. Those mechanics, I think, work so much better in Alien Isolation over this game. So, yeah. I, I appreciate what the devs have done and I think if they'd have put more effort in with the motion controls and kind of bring it up to speed I think it would have been a game that I would probably really enjoy but I just don't think that they're doing that I don't think that's yeah. on their roadmap I remember uh, reading somewhere so I think it's a shame with the persistence it probably was great yeah. back in the day because it's probably like what two hours old now uh, two years old now uh, for the PSVR yeah, yeah. but now I just think it's a bit outdated it is like graphically I would say even that you see it a little bit yeah. long in the tooth now in 2020 um, but not just the con- the control scheme is probably the number one thing for me that I again I I irked at. But as you say, there's some things that other horror games do like that. The mic pickup, if they did yeah. the mic pickup as well, um, yeah, I think you know it would be a brown pants moment for me because that game is is pretty scary. The things I really liked about the game are like the weapons and stuff. Like the things that you can get are really different, like item to item. So mm, yeah. I I really see the and rogue light. As a construct, for me, that's a fish hook that I will happily digest again and again. So I, I think I'm definitely going back because games like Monstrum, um, it's it's more like, okay, you succeed, you get off mm. the boat or whatever, and, mm. and that's it. There's there's no there's no gamification, really. It's just your survival and you're being hunted. So it's more core. But yeah, Persistence was one. I, I did dive into another horror game as well, an old favorite of yours, Mike, um, Face Your Fears 2. Because mm. they had done that update, remember, to make it a little bit more like Face Your Fears 1. Um, mm, and I yes. never played the five or six different segments that they had. So I went and did that. And there, there's one with rats. I didn't even know, like, halfway through these, I didn't realize there was interaction. Because the first yeah. one, of course, you're just kind of sitting there and things are happening to you and it's scary. But mm. I didn't know that, for instance, these, like, evil rats, like, jumping at my face... Uh, yes. that were causing I was like oh I can rip them off and I control them and then I'm fighting the rats and then I'm climbing mm. out of a grave and I'm fighting a live tentacle in the water all they're all really good if you liked the first yeah. uh, face your fears and you didn't really like face your fears too when it launched go back and play it because those five are nasty I think the only one that felt a little repetitious or whatever rowdy's favorite term is um <laughs> was was the the spiders in the in the warehouse because you would have seen oh, that yeah, play yeah, in the first yeah, yeah. but they all made me shriek i mean i'm a little girl with pigtails at this stage I, yeah. they all made me shriek it's so. it's like 
It's weird though, like, you know, if we talk about the horror genre right now, and especially last year and, 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 and this year, it's like you don't really see many, many uh, titles get into that, you know, vibe as, as Face Your Fears is, is doing. Uh, most of the horror yeah. VR titles I see coming out on Steam, for example, mm. are like these nicely Unreal Engine rendered uh, dark places with some, some cheap ass jump scares. But mm. the way they do it in Face Your Fears, they have really thought about what the experience is like for someone, how they yeah. think. And I, I, I feel like if that gets more explored by developers and they take some time to really put that on paper, you can make some yeah. really good horror experiences because we're still talking about freaking Alien Isolation. How long oh, yeah. has it been since yeah. this came out? And this was just a, you know, a demo by Sega that they made, you know, and 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 the VR support is getting still embraced and 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 it will stay, you know, one of one of the most cool uh, <sighs> horror games out there. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Where the heck yeah. is the new stuff? Where the heck is like the? Yeah. The thing that Turtle Rock did amazingly with uh, Face Your Fears, the original one, was that they used audio in such a smart way oh, that mm -hmm. something would trigger a noise and nothing would happen until you looked in the direction yeah, yeah, that yeah, noise yeah, yeah. came from and yeah, then yeah, yeah. it would trigger the event that would, like, a spider would jump at your face, which was, like, freaking terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, so that's what they did amazingly well. And I think, you know, a reboot of the original on the Quest now would still do well, even though it doesn't really need motion controls. I that's, think uh, they should do really that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I, but I wonder if, if you, and I think we'll talk about this uh, later when I do releases, because there's a game like this. If you make that hop from uh, a three-doff platform to a six-doff platform, that's, that's kind of tough territory because the expectation is a little bit like, give me something in the six-doff domain, give me something more. So it requires the dev, it can't just be a straight port. If it is, it feels a little bit like a cash-in, uh, mm. which then it kind of is, um, even though it took you dev time to obviously adopt it and bring it over. But I do wonder, like that Face Your Fears model, like Nathie's saying, really solid. And if you're looking for fear, like this year, or this, uh, this week I was, looking at all these like horror films and stuff and if anyone's looking for a good horror film midsummer is a oh, daunting god. horror film that Midsummer. is a fucking it is a oh my god <laughs> that is a i've not heard of that that, that is oh it, i gave it five out of five it is nasty <laughs> okay right i might have to watch and it's that also tonight. beautiful at the same time but wow. um yeah like the horror thing it's it's finally hooked me again i took like a year's break I'm back. I'm, I'm back in horror, baby. Break. Yeah, <laughs> I am. He's I needed it. retirement. Oh, wow. I think you needed it, dude. <laughs> but uh, I think I think a game that I am uh, excited about is uh, maybe Ape VR. I feel like that that could really be mm. something new and something refreshing. Isn't that coming? I, I mean, isn't it? It's yeah. meant to be yeah. coming out. Yeah, it is yeah. coming. It is coming. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it is coming. And okay. and and but we, of course, we have seen other titles do horror really well too. But they were not specifically survival horror games. Like for example, Half Life is a great example of how they can scare you. Yeah. Um, but I, like as you said, I think that that what Persistence is doing, what Face Your Fears is doing, like that that you know that survival that you have and you can't defend yourself. That's something that uh, with motion controllers can be really cool, can be really fun. You know, shutting the doors, getting chased. It can be, mm -hmm. yeah. So I, I, I would love to see more in, in, in that sense from that. Because we're talking about really, well, yeah. no offense, ancient stuff. 
the, the other game that the persistence reminded me of that I really would love to see in VR is Dead Space. You know, like Dead Space. That, the, oh, those yeah. Dead Space games were Dude. so well. The first two were very good. The third one was a bit meh. But the the first two games were like standout, yeah. oh. and it gave me that kind of vibe. You know, stuck on a, an abandoned ship. So mm-hmm. yeah, something yeah. like that would really uh, I'd I'd love to see. Also, in the future. also a great example of a horror game that is one of my personal favorites is is Edge of Nowhere, and that is like a, mm. a first That's... meets third person title. Awesome, you know, yeah. and that's Insomniac something we, games. Yeah, yeah. That that, so. that was quality. That was that was one of the first like proper cinematic yeah, yeah. third person games. I mean, and really scary. Really scary. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Solid man. recommendations there. We're, yeah. we're like you know having a little go back in time session. I love it. <laughs> um, so if you're if you're wondering where Rowdy is this week, Sally can't join us. He uh, slipped and tragically fell in an industrial vat of delicious Canadian maple syrup and he's currently eating his way out of it. So he won't be able to join us this week, uh, but might be back with us next week. So hopefully, fingers crossed, he uh, he gets his, uh, his gets his way out. So if you don't know who I am, my name is Mike from Virtual Reality Oasis. But before we get into what I played this week and my highlight, let's see what the chat have been up to and uh, what games they've been playing. Yes, yes. So we have a few people who have been playing some games. We have Mighty Quinn who uh, dove into Phantom Covered Ups. Mike, mm. one of, um, you you love this stuff. So, I mean, uh, I'm not sure if you finished it yet, but uh, it's, uh, it's it's a great game, especially great because game. of the of the, of the the Mr. Snake himself being in there. Uh, yes, right? David Hayter, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we have, uh, uh, he was a guest too, by the way. If you haven't seen that yet, then uh, go back Check because it it's, it's an amazing interview. It's um, a good game, actually. I, I, like, I like what they did on Quest with it. I just was gonna say that I think I think it's a pretty reasonable port of what it what it what it is on Rift. The the coolest part though is just having the ore, uh, without like sitting in a chair with no arms or something or sitting on the ground. Like that feeling is really good. Brings me back to yeah. the National Geographic uh, experience, yeah. which is also good. I, I like I like that they added like challenge maps to add some replayability to it, which unlocks like cheat codes and stuff. Mm-hmm. So you can have like small mode, you can have infinite ammo, you can have some other unlocks I won't spoil. Uh, but they got some really cool unlocks in there that really push you to continue playing the game after you've completed the single player experience. S- someone said that they were like, um, someone said, is it Goldeneye? Where you like, you have to unlock the, is that how it works? Is it an unlockable thing? Or Yeah, so it's based on like S rank. If you get S rank, then you unlock um, cheat modes and if you get A rank, you unlock a weapon. If you get B, then you just, oh. you know, progress, something like that. It's a really smart hmm. tiered system that they implemented in that game, which uh, is really good. Yeah. Is there also a cheat that unlocks lags? So you can just walk out of so, the map and get chased <laughs> by these... So uh... let me spoil one for you, because this is a fun one. So okay. there's one where you can, you can unlock, I don't know what it's called, it's something like power mode with your weapon. So basically it makes your gun super powerful, and then you can... Give it have infinite ammo and then point it behind you and then use it almost as a motor for your for your <laughs> kayak. So you just fire it behind you and it just launches you through the map. Oh, that's fun. Um, but that's really fun. Yes. Yeah, that's a, a great one. Sneak peek at one of the cheats there. So, anyways, uh, Biggs uh, has been playing uh, a dungeon crawler called Gates uh, of Nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have G Space who uh, uh, jumped into No Man's Sky. Uh, that one also never gets old. I think in, in like five years, we still talk about this game. <laughs> Just like Alien Isolation in a way, you know, like, oh, it's this, you know, it's, this is still the best game, even that, you know, we still use these motion controllers and, you know, and these headsets with just, yeah, well, there you go. Um, and then we have uh, Duck Dive, who uh, played uh, uh, Doom VR. Um, I saw that... Um, the guy, how is he called again? Uh, from from who was really into Half Life and Valve and stuff. He he said something uh, Tyler, like that. Oh, Tyler was, McVicker. Tyler. Yeah, he said something like that, that. He didn't like it, and he's gonna make a video about it. So I'm very curious what 
this man uh, thinks of of Doom VR. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Do you mean also Doom VFR. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, but that one also is very old. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what that brings. Um, but uh, Duck Dive also played uh, Saints and Sinners uh, and Halo Two, uh, the co-op. And uh, last but not least, we have Hussein, who has been checking out the Museum of Other Realities and Everest VR. Now, who made Everest <laughs> VR? Can anyone guess? <laughs> No, I can't remember. Oh. Because they made another game that we spoke about last week. Yes. Soulfire. Soulfire? Soulfire. So oh, they made... Soulfire. Soulfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And they made the procedurally generated title called... In Death? Exactly. Ah. Nice. Nice. Can you there imagine you if they blended In Death and uh, Everest together? Uh, that sounds like an awesome survival game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about survival games. Here you go. We, we finally got a plan. Yeah. Oh there you God. go. Um, so my highlight this week was a game called Tower Tag. Um, oh, yeah. And this is a competitive online multiplayer shooter for PC VR at the moment. Um, it's coming later to Quest, but we don't have a specific date or sort of, uh, sort of time yet when this is going to happen on Quest. But it's only available on PC VR right now. Uh, I played this with uh, Gamertag VR and Nathy earlier on this week. Um, and the interesting thing about this game is that it actually started off as a game exclusively designed for VR arcades. And then last month, the developers, who are called VR Nerds, uh, released the game in early access on Steam. And I'd probably imagine this is due to like the current situation with VR arcades being closed. So yeah. they sort of thought, well, we put the game uh, available to consumers. Now, the cool thing about this game is that you only need one controller to play it. Um, and this acts as your blaster and also your leash to jump between towers, uh, which you can jump between using a kind of teleportation mechanic by using a kind of whip motion to whip it with a, with a yeah, leash. It's, like, it's almost like Wonder Woman's... Uh, yeah, like whip. Suit. And then you you pull <laughs> pull yourself towards the tower and it, it works really well as a teleportation mechanic. So it's, huh. you know, you don't get motion sick. It's very, very easy to access for newcomers, put it that way. Um, but it's although it's very easy to pick up, it's one of those games that's kind of difficult to master, um, and it uses your play space uh, around a tower in the center that you can use for cover. So you move around the play space around this center tower, um, and you're blasting enemies uh, on the other side of the map. You play sort of 4v4 in online matches. You've got like deathmatch, elimination, and, and goal tower, which is like capture the flag. And if you don't have enough play- players in a lobby to play with you, then the slots get filled up with bots. So that's pretty good you know so uh, you know if you don't have full lobbies you can always play like with a full team which is nice but to take the experience even further the vr nerds uh sent over a 3d printed gun accessory so let me show you this this is pretty badass um so this which i'm showing on camera now is like a 3d printed gun which uh, you slot your oculus touch controller into and uh, the stl like 3d print files are available for free on thingiverse if you want to print one out yourself Um, but basically this blaster is like one-to-one scale with the blaster in game so when you use it it feels very nice because it looks and feels as the blaster does in the game Mm. world you know what i mean interesting yeah um that's is, a really nice little accessory, although it, it doesn't it, have any haptic feedback, which is a bit uh, of a shame. So, so is it an advantage or is it more just cosmetic fun? And... I would say cosmetic fun more than an advantage. Yeah, absolutely. It looks cool, though. It's kind of sad, though, cool. because like, especially if you're if you're playing on your own, you don't get the advantage. But I feel like if you were like party playing with people in the room with you, like it would look pretty awesome if they were watching on the screen, then watching in the room with the gun. 
Yeah, absolutely. And this what is what they were that? using in the arcades. And uh, because it, obviously it was designed for arcades, they've also got support for uh, B-Haptic's Haptic Vest. Okay. So I was playing the game with that in combination with the Haptic Vest. Um, so I was feeling the incoming shot. So it really felt like an arcade experience and kind of reminded me of the, the good old days of going to like Laser Quest with your buddies. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, obviously playing with Nathie and Gamertag was a lot of fun as well with the banter between us, uh, playing with the, de de the developers. Hmm. Um, so that was really sort of like my highlight of the week, kind of gave me that kind of nostalgic vibe of going out and playing with friends, playing Laser Quest. You, you know what I thought, what, what uh, stuck with me was that when we played, you also had some, some subscribers of yours joining us. Mm. your channel and it was like i was on the team with one of your uh subscribers and it's funny that he said and and this is something i never thought of he said like uh he's like yeah i, I might not win from mike because he has a haptic suit <laughs> so for and, and and this is what we spoke about last week too with treadmills and stuff people have the idea that if someone has a haptic suit that they that are necessarily better or right. that Gives you can't win from them anymore. That they're like almost, you know? They've uh, got an advantage. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. But yeah. Uh, huh. just, you know, let me just bring it to you straight away. Of course, you, your re reaction time might be a little faster from time to time. But, I mean, I was playing without the, the, the gun stuck. I was playing without the haptic suit and I was doing as well as the rest. But yeah. you, you get my point, right? I, I feel yeah, like yeah, yeah. In, the, in the VR scene now... People start to think that oh, I don't have that stuff, so then I I'm just not so worthy anymore, and I'm I'm no, I'm kind of kind of concerned about opposite. that idea. It's often the I opposite, think it's the actually, opposite. because it's, opposite, it's not always yeah. the opposite. I'll no, tell you no. why. So so I would say that you're slowed. For instance, if you've got an aim controller or something like that, you like a PSVR aim controller. I think your your ability to aim like a stock, right? That's a place mm. where you get an advantage. Haptic vest or pretty much any of the tactile rumble kit will put you at a disadvantage, probably because you'll feel the rumble. Your brain's going to be working on that, and it can slow you down. The only place where I think rumble haptics improve you is driving because you can feel the road and the traction. Yeah. You know the limit mm -hmm. of how far you can push the throttle. But mm -hmm. pretty much everywhere else, for haptic vests anyway, that's not an advantage. It's just it's, it gives you immersion, and it takes a little bit probably from yeah yeah it's yeah. more immersive that i think that's what it comes down to but i feel like the uh, that a lot of because this 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 guy was pretty young so i feel like this this these younger players they have the feeling that uh, it's almost like up. like back in the days when i was in school like oh you don't have those you know marbles or you don't have those playing cards then yeah. you're not as cool and i feel like in the vr community this is now getting a thing <laughs> where uh, it's like, oh, yeah. but I don't have the haptic suit. So I just told him, I was like, dude, like, you know, it's nice and it's Im more immersive, but that's it. And, and yeah. you know, uh, but exactly. he was like, yeah, totally like, he was really like, oh, Mike, Mike is going to destroy me because Mike is wearing the suit now. <laughs> no. <laughs> it, I would say as well, like, you know, it does add to the emotion and, you know, the, the feeling, but yeah, it doesn't make you a better player. Absolutely not. And and to, to a certain degree, because it's so hot here, it was actually a disadvantage because I was sweating buckets wearing that vest, but yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. really cool experience. Yeah, you know, feeling the bullets is is really cool. So yeah, that but was it, kind of my good. highlight of the week. It's, it's good to keep that conversation going because same yeah. with treadmills, you know, we need yeah, to yeah, yeah. Uh, like be honest about stuff and mm -hmm. and and show what yeah. what it really does because people yeah. have not tried this stuff. They just see you wearing it and it all, it always looks totally badass when you have gun stocks, when you have haptic suits, treadmills, etc. From the outside, it looks all amazing. But when you try it, 
That's yeah. a different story. And especially yeah. if you have anything that's like a scary game, holy shit. I mean, the immersion <laughs> is totally worth it. Don't get me wrong. Like, you're not getting an advantage on a, on a, on a game level. You're, you're getting an advantage in an, experien- an experiential level. Like, yeah. the fear you're going to feel in a combat situation is going to be more if you've got, if you're feeling that on your chest. Because you're, there's bits of your brain, uh, the fundamental parts of your brain that basically say, like, run, hide, you know, don't die. Um, so if you want yeah. to experience Although, that, sure. I would say that the B-Haptics integration with Half-Life Alex is, like, the best experience I've had wearing that vest so far. Oh, yeah? That was, like, mm. amazing. Like, you know, recharging your health and feeling it flow through your whole vest and head and arms. Like, that was amazing. That was really great. And I'm really glad that they've started to implement into some of the most popular games now. Um, but yeah, that was uh, originally talking about Tower Tag. Like uh, Nathie said, I've been playing a lot with my Discord. If you want to play with us sometime, I've got a bunch of keys. Come and join our Discord and we can play sometime uh, in, in the server. Green. So yeah. if you fancy it. Yeah. Um, but like I said, it's coming to Quest in the future. I think it will do it really should, well on it Quest. It should come to Quest because um, when... So you invited me and I was like, I'm just going to play up front. I couldn't really find anyone. I feel like the player base from from just a week in was like, you know, fastly like going down because as we said, you know, multiplayer games uh, in the PC VR scene are hard to, you know, uh, keep alive. But yes, if they make it more cross-platform and they add a quest, but also add maybe PlayStation to it, this could really work because the game itself is super simple. It's not like you need a, a crazy yeah. machine to run that stuff. So it would be nice to have all these no. people come together and have a community that is... Because, I mean, you can always say like, oh, yeah, we can play with bots, but come on, man. Like, so I played against someone who's like, oh, I have a bot now. I'm like, your bot is not doing anything. It's like bots are just too stupid yeah. to be even called a team member. <laughs> yeah. Just on that same topic, and before we move into news, um, there's an interesting question in chat, which I'm interpreting as, should I get VR for productivity mm. reasons? So in other words, I think we talked about this before, where I think it was Rowdy and I were talking about, like, you know, if you're working, even now, right, working remotely yeah. or whatever, you got a couple of desktop monitors, you're a day trader, whatever it is, whatever your job is, uh, you're an animator, is is it better to be working through a VR headset? I think for certain fields, yes, but... Um, Again, there, there was that article recently, right, with the guy who was claiming kind of eye trouble and stuff like that. Yeah. So just, I think it's one of those, it, it's it's really very much at a balance point right now. I wouldn't say it's an obvious slam dunk of like, yes, mm-hmm. that's something. If you're going to work on a project for two hours and do a kind of a virtual desktop job, then uh, I can see value, I, but I wouldn't yeah. work that way myself. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, personally, I would right say like for gaming, it's great right now. Yeah. For productivity, it's just not ready yet. It's no. just not ready. Uh, but we're going to be talking more yeah. about that later on. So stick around because oh, we, right. we're going to be talking about potential lightweight glasses later on in the show. Um, <laughs> so that's our sort of highlights of the week uh, this week. Um, and now let's get into the news. And the first thing I want to talk about this week is the Valve Index because it's celebrating its one year anniversary. Um, I can't believe it's been out for a year already. Like, where is the time? Where's the time gone? It's been a year. So I thought we'd start with a bit of a history lesson okay. and then we can talk about our thoughts on the headset itself so we first got some sort of solid evidence of valve making a vr headset <laughs> around back november sort of 2018 and we, we we were super super hyped about it because <laughs> images were leaked online showing headsets in production and it sparked loads of conversation on this show and speculation it was around more have like were and, more except for have life honestly it's like oh they're making a headset so that means have life exactly 
Um, and and exactly, <laughs> yeah. that's what we were saying. We were like, you know, is Half-Life coming now? And of course, oh, this was all just yeah, guesswork yeah. at that time. We didn't know that that was actually the truth, which turned out to be amazing for everyone. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, the, the bit that stands out in my mind was when we were all at PAX East in Boston, about yeah. five months after oh. the initial leak oh. and oh, yeah, around yeah, yeah, sort yeah. of March time, 2019. We were with a bunch in of friends, car. like, uh, we're you know, in the we were car. all there to... We were all there together in a car, traveling to like a yeah, Facebook yeah, party yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. that. Uh, Tyrael Wood was there, Cass and Cherry were there. <laughs> and we were there to check out the Oculus Quest and the Rift S. And then this announcement happened by Valve of the Index. And it was like, oh my God, like all this amazing VR <laughs> stuff like is happening at all the at the same time. Party. That's how it felt like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, for me, it was just like there's like VR overdose. Like we've just tried the Rift S and the Quest, which were great. And then we've got the Valve Index coming as well. It really yeah. felt like a, you know, a real high point. In, in because terms of that of... troll that Valve pulled. It was like a prank they pulled where they just showed like the, the slider. Of the like we we the like, IPD like slider, we only yeah. got excited slider, over yeah. freaking freaking slider that was all yeah. we could really see, and that was all juice because like the Rift S didn't have an IPD adjustment slider and that was the big sort of controversy around yeah. the headset at the time. So then um, the pre-orders opened uh, uh, a couple of months later, around the sort of first of May, and we all sort of well, Nathy and I desperately were sitting there pressing the F5 button on the Steam page, trying to get one as soon as they dropped, and we were lucky enough to yeah. secure like an early early oh, order. I, right? I did the same. I just cancelled my order. I had I had an order that first five seconds wow. when the when the page opened. Yeah, yeah, and like they they sold out. I think within um, within an hour or so. Um, and like you said, Zim cancelled his pre-order, but um, Nathan that, and I were pretty yeah, lucky. We were, I think to we get were in like the first uh, queue in the end as well, Wait. because we both uh, bought like yep. the. Did you also buy the full package, like uh, the lighthouses, yep. Valve Index, and the controllers? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and they around they they arrived around the sort of the first of July, so almost a month. Uh, you know the same. You know this week a year ago. Um, and since then, it's been a headset that I use regularly alongside the Rift S and the Quest as kind of like my regular go-to headsets. I don't know about yeah, you, no, Nathan. No, on PC, it's definitely my daily driver, uh, mainly because of yep. the speakers uh, and also the microphone. I use it for recording all the time. Yep. It's amazing. And then we're not even talking about the display yet, but that on itself is fantastic. And the hands-free experience with the controllers, that that's just super nice. It's really nice. Yeah. And although, like, you know, it was a pretty successful launch, it didn't go... No completely mm -hmm. smoothly because we had some issues yeah, with the controllers still, still. around release um back then you know although i think it's been resolved now if you buy new controllers i can confirm um, that if you still got the old ones because i got yeah. two new controllers later on and those okay. just clicked fine and worked as they should work yeah yeah so the issue was that you couldn't push the thumbstick down in all directions on both yeah. of the controllers which was really weird uh, yeah, annoying they did, thing they to still happen, did especially it. when you spend you so much money. It, but you didn't get the feedback of it clicking, and that is just exactly. weird. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you spend so much <laughs> yeah, money, especially absolutely. if you spend like, all um, of your kidneys on a headset. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The other thing that I, the other couple of things I didn't like about the headset was um, they use like Fresnel lenses, which do show God rays in like contrasting scenes, mainly noticeable in like loading scenes and like mm -hmm. title screens. When you're in game, you don't really notice it at all. And the other thing that really annoyed me was that they cancelled the production of their virtual link uh, connector yes, yes. Um, because they had an adapter yeah, initially on the website yeah. for sale. Uh, whereas if you had like an NVIDIA RTX card, you have like a virtual link port on it. You could just plug that in and it would power the headset and have HDMI power and USB all in one cable, mm. which would have been super nice. But sadly, they dropped that accessory just prior to the launch. Um, and the other thing, obviously, I don't like is the price. You know, the price is super, super high. 
It's a significant amount of money to be dropping it's on a VR insane. headset. It's like a thousand bucks. Never spent so much set. money. Well, but mm. but like the the modular nature of it, I think was very smart, and it allowed their initial foray with uh, the HTC Vive to be converted into a Valve Index setup. So I think that was really smart, and I've seen a lot of people take those baby steps. It's almost like having an installment plan on a VR headset. You can go to the controllers first, you go to the headset first, you can do either. You don't need the 2.0 base stations. So actually, although the cost is quite high, and it's the only reason I canceled, Mm -hmm. um, it was just like, I can't be buying three headsets at once. It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, And I had a Vive already, and I was happy enough with it. So, uh, yeah. I like I think getting the headset and the controllers like separates is 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 nice. And for anyone who bought the headset straight at the gates and then waited past the click point, I guess they got it right on the money. I, I think for <laughs> me the most like the two uh, things that I did not like about my purchase a couple of months in was first of all, Steam VR did not really get updated that much. It didn't get an overhaul. It wasn't like next level. That's something I just expected for some reason after spending so much money. Of course, now they have, you know, added more and more, but it, it goes slow, you know. Uh, it, it felt more like you bought like uh, an, an, an early adopter headset and uh, not, not, not something that necessarily was just consumer and we're now gonna, you know, uh, um, bless you with all these updates like you for example see with the quest um and and the other thing was that i i was hoping and this was just again like my personal expectations that Valve was going to spend more money on developers i was like they're just gonna ask just what oculus kind of did or facebook like oh yeah super hot you want to make another uh game uh let's just publish it on steam this time only or you know and 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 do that kind of stuff just find all these developers also make some more stuff Mm. um you know but they didn't and uh when you saw like the hand you know the hand uh tracking the finger tracking in a way like the the only thing that that came out was like they had the moondust demo that as far as I know, yep. you can't play anymore on Steam or it's very well hidden. And and, and, hidden. Then the, yep. and then you have, of course, what Cloudhead did. Very exciting. After yep. I played that, I was like, wow, wow, this is awesome. I still think it's a great. But, you know, then, then for example, Mike and I jumped into Arizona Sunshine, all these old games that got the support, but it didn't really add anything new to it. Well, in, you know, in, in, in the, the portal experience, we got to see how you can add new things to gameplay. And that's something we haven't really seen. Of course, Half-Life Alex is a good example, but in, in, in general, what you can do in Half-Life Alex is like you can squeeze a grenade and you can squeeze a can and you can uh, push a button with your finger. But I wanted to see more where, you know, what we saw with the portal experience where I could, you know, do the the, the handshaking thing and do rock, paper, scissors, yeah. like more interaction, yeah. more feeling like the, the world around you is alive. Um, so for me, that was the thing that I was like, wow, I spent so much money and we were waiting and waiting for Half-Life to drop. And now after Half-Life, of course, Half-Life was a big one. I mean, that, you know, made me super happy. And I think like maybe like half of the money, I, I already forgot about that. But there's still a big chunk that I spend on this as that I invested in that I want back in playtime. And I want Valve to... Like, I understand that Valve is not going to poop out games every year, but at least show that you want to invest more into other defaults. But for Valve, it's just like we make a headset and that's it. And 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 we, yeah. we figure that out later. And Valve is, is a company who kind of reflects that too. So it's fine. 
But it's still, you know what I yeah. mean? That's still something I'm missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just something I'm missing. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I totally agree, you know, that we want more titles. And of course, you know, another Valve game, you know, like we said, you know, that killer app, like a Left 4 Dead, you know, I, I would kill for that game. You know, I think that would be the game that would really accelerate VRs. I'm telling yeah, you right they now. They must, they must they're be. They're working they on it right be. now. Um, but, you know, talking about the headset itself, you know, the things I love it for, again, are the comfort, oh, the which Nathan mentioned, you know. I used this headset for a nine-hour straight li- live stream of Half-Life Alex when that dropped, yeah. and it was the absolutely dial, fine the using dial that on the side, so you can push the your dial. I release dial. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. The audio, of, of course, is like the best of any headset available on the market right now, yeah. and the microphone as well. Um, and I would certainly say that you know, if you have a budget for you know a, a Valve Index, you know that thousand-dollar price range, you know the Index is the one to go for over the Pimax or Vive Pro or Cosmos Elite. You know, maybe the HP Reverb G2 will be competition for it, but we'll have to wait and see when that actually launches. It's, but, um, yeah, um, no, I. It's the high-end headset of choice, I would say, for for enthusiast level gamers. I think what, what Valve made in the end was was a great headset that will you know uh, that you will be able to use for a couple of years. Uh, talking about the Frunk, I think the Frunk was something that they could have just kind of well, I don't know. I mean, there are some cool things like what you made uh, or what you bought is is, but still, you know what I mean? It's like. It's useless space. It should have just been a heat dissipation. Well, I, I was like, "Wow, we're uh, getting chamber. into the modular scene." But in the end, if we look at what what has been made, yeah, that's that's great. I like that. Reality <laughs> podcast. So what, what I'm showing now is like one of the Frunk mods. I think this is called a yeah, mini deck. It's like L- LED little display, <laughs> and uh, it's just scrolling. Like subscribe to the Every yeah, Reality Podcast on the front of the headset. Yeah. Which we have is also some vans that you can put in there. But in the end, I had so many times where just the front fell off because I, I, I hit it again with my controller. I was like, why is this even a thing? And also because it's yeah. like plastic, it like you can see your fingers on it. Uh, it. It's something that in the end, first I thought like, wow, this is great. This is also what I pay for. But now later down the road, I'm like, yeah, yeah I don't know. I think the next step for Valve would be if they um, go wireless, and they, they get mm-hmm. away from the base stations. I know that's hard because the whole ecosystem from SteamVR has been so deeply integrated into it that it will be hard to get away from that uh, and get more into, for example, inside-out tracking. Uh, but that, that would be interesting to see Valve doing that. And I would be open for an Oculus Quest uh, you know, competitor from Valve with a, with a, a custom Steam VR store on there with only VR games. And they just separate that kind of from what they had on PC. I think the G2 is probably the like the reverb G2 from HP is probably going to be the closest thing to that because you know it's it's designed with Valve on board as a Steam VR headset, but it's a Windows mixed reality headset. So I think that'll be really interesting to see when that comes. But you know, talking about uh, Frunk accessories, obviously I'm showing the LED uh, Mini Dex Frunk accessory there, but I've also just received. The uh, yeah. Childex, which is a Kickstarter campaign, which is a tiny little USB <laughs> fan. I haven't actually. I backed it too. I love. <laughs> I love Kickstarter campaigns. I haven't actually tried it yet. I haven't actually tried it yet, but I'll uh, I'll try it this week and I'll talk about it on the it show. Looks maybe a little bit like week, like yeah, a little fan accessory of Portal. I don't know why, because of the um... yeah. Whether it will cool the headset down in this heat, well, that'll be the ultimate test. So we shall yeah. we shall see. No, it's soon it's see. interesting. But it's yeah, interesting. Just in terms of. Yeah, I'm just going to give the two things that I, I thought about the headset. Number one, the only thing that I thought was inexcusable was the was was the god rays that you talked about on the lenses. The lens reflections yeah. on a headset that was expected to kind of smash everything at the time. 
I thought was inexcusable. I mean, I'd rather put a DK2 headset on and go with that lens or even the original Vive compared to the, the spherical, spherical uh, reflections I was getting in those lenses. But one thing I really appreciated, aside from the sound, which takes the cake, um, was the, the interface, the facial interface. It's the only headset with a facial interface uh, that I think doesn't require an add-on. Uh, mm-hmm. out of the box because I think every yeah. other headset that I've I've played with out of the box doesn't have a material that feels cool feels good against your face and you know deals well with sweat as well so I think hats off to Valve because they really turned around again when they did the HTC Vive that foam was atrocious and I think they learned a lot from that and they built it straight into the index I just wish that the I mean the form factor and all the build quality really mm-hmm. good uh, I wish the front wasn't there, uh, and I, you know, I, I kind of wish that the lens reflections yeah, weren't there. Yeah. If that wasn't the I, case, it, it would be a, it would be something that I would even consider selling my Rift well, S to, to well, upgrade. Well, to. What the Valve Index has showed is that uh, Valve is very patient, just waits out the market, sees what the rest is doing. Of course, they uh, were partly involved with the Vive. And then in the end, they decided to make something themselves. And uh, if you look at what you get for that price, it's uh, it's it's fantastic and uh, yeah, like as you said, it, it fits very well um, and and it's super comfy. It's just that that yeah yeah I, like when I go into Steam VR, it's still the same as like when I when I played uh, VR stuff in 2016 on my Vive, you know, and and I I just want something else. And, and that's not, for example, what Oculus Home does on Rift S. I also think that that's also not the way to go. Um, maybe what Quest has is the, the, the easiest I've seen so far. I just want something more, you know, simple, more fast. Maybe that's also something that people are still experimenting with. But I feel like uh, looking at 2016, it's not like we have really uh, fast forwarded in any way with that. I think the problem is, you know, particularly like... I think you experienced this as well, Nathie, is when after Half-Life Alex dropped and you experienced that game, you kind of looked yeah. at everything else. Because the bar had been raised so high by Valve with this game, you looked at everything else and you were like, I don't want to play this and stuff that, anymore. Do you know what I mean? That's it's what just... I'm saying. Like, they should have kept the pace there and be like, okay, Half-Life Alex, here yeah. we freaking go. Let's push it. And here yeah. are the other indie games that are also amazing that you should play, you know? And that didn't happen. It, it's so... like, yeah. It's like experiencing mm. a Five Guys burger and then being like okay. resorted it's to like, eat McDonald's it's like for the rest they, of your they life. Like, the, yeah, I don't want this anymore. I want the good stuff. So that's kind of how I felt. But things are changing now. You know, we're getting some releases on the horizon, you know, like Squadrons I'm, I'm very hy- hyped about. Yes. But, you know, I do think we just need more games, like I mentioned at the beginning of the show. Yeah. But certainly, you know, the Valve Index, you know, it's been a year now. I think, you know, uh, it's had some really great updates in terms of UI and Steam, oh, yeah. made it a lot easier for yeah. newcomers. And, you know, although it comes with a hefty price tag, it's a, a great headset and definitely one that I would recommend buying. But just right now, they're also difficult Very to get hold difficult. of, just like the Quest. Very difficult. Yeah. I think it's a um, couple of months it's, it's minimum one of the most, wait if you want to order one It's one, one of the now. most difficult headsets to get right now, actually. So yeah. what? Do, so after you, what do you say? Who do you thank for, for this, this, this uh, great product? Of course, Lord Gaben, you know, for all his hard work there and dedication. Uncle Gaben, you know, thank We you. appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, so that is the Valve Index celebrating its one-year little birthday, which uh, we're very grateful for. It's a great headset. Um, so now let's talk about some exciting news this week from PlayStation, and that is that Dreams is coming to PSVR. Now, if you have no idea what Dreams is, then uh, let me tell you all about it, because I didn't really know much about it up until this point. So um, Dreams 
is a highly ambitious project developed by Media Mon Molecule, the same team that made Little Big Planet, which you probably know on the PlayStation. And Dreams actually released on P uh, on PS4 uh, this year in February as a flat pancake game. Mm. Now, the interesting thing about Dreams is that it's not really a game as such. I think just calling it a game is a bit of a disservice, actually, because it's more of a platform where players can uh, sort of use the tools provided by the game and the tutorials to actually build their own games, paintings, experiences, animations, sculptures, and even produce their own films within Dreams. Like it really is very open and the limitation of the platform is really just down to your own imagination. Mm. Now, once you've created your sort of masterpiece using this amazing tool, you can then publish it online uh, in a sort of uh, a place called Dreamverse. And this is where other people can experience your creation and then you can create items like not just experiences but items like assets and this is it almost becomes an asset store as well so so for example if you're a creator and you want to build a game for example and you want a car in that game mm. you can go to dreamverse look for cars and see what cars the community have made and then use uh, that asset in your own it's creation like okay. so it's almost yeah, it's amazing. But obviously, Sketchfab, you have to pay for your assets that you use in your game, whereas this is all free. Yeah. So it's like free assets, which is incredible, really, when you think is, about it. Is that a good and a bad thing, though? Like, if you put time into creating an asset that then's going to be available... But you know that going into it, that your work is going to be made publicly available but, for... Well, it's, it's your choice to publish it, to be honest. Like, but it sure, would, it would sure. show in your profile, I think, that a lot of people have you know, used it and that will boost up your reputation. So I think there's more than exactly. just copying it and you're never going to hear of it again. So, so the, the reason I said double-edged sword, right, is because it's um, you could actually incentivize artists to use that platform then create something and then you create a market for it but it stays um, and that might even amplify the volume around the game you know that's uh, why yeah, i was but, saying but it, it will because... always stay within dreams so you can't like even if you made exactly. a cool game it's not like you can like i still get what you mean but you can't resell okay your okay cons sorry well, I you still have the concept like out there the for other developers to maybe copy that and make it into a set but it's always in dreams that so yeah and and you know gotcha. it's it, the whole thing is built around community you know the sense of building and sharing your creations with others that's the kind of like the heart of this whole thing yeah. um so that's what it's all about no monetary value and it. it's just you know helping the community grow and make something amazing and and unleash that inner creativity and some of the creativity we've seen from the community around this app is like phenomenal <laughs> like amazing level of detail in like some people have made rpgs horror experiences first person shooters like you name it it's been made in dreams and you know it, that is just amazing especially for something that's only been out like you know four four five months now um but one of the things that you know the community has really asked for since its release because it was always announced that it was going to get psvr support is when this pr support is going to happen and thankfully we don't have to wait too much longer now as dreams will be getting psvr support in a free update uh, on the 22nd of July. Hmm. Now, this is going to be awesome because we could see anything from like Beat Saber clones to full first-person shooters, interactive storytelling, or there's they've even someone's even made uh, a, a rake experience, a rake simulator in VR already. So basically, you just walk and stand on a rake and then it, it hits oh, you in the head. Wow. It's like super stupid. But if you look at the the Dreams PSVR trailer, it's got some really sort of like. You know, imaginative so, um, scenarios being played out. I, I in just that saw trailer. breakfast, and that's that's what got my eye. I saw breakfast. So, there. Uh, dreams yeah. on itself is uh, 
a timed exclusive or i don't i don't think it'll ever come to any other platform so to be honest time um, thing. i don't is, i don't is think Sony so you know media Monoc- with yeah i would say so because oh, yeah. media molecule um they're, they're highly ingrained with sony yeah, you little know, big if you look at like a little yeah, big planet to- never come to any other platform and that's been that's been like 10 years now a little it's bit been a long time. i remember when yeah. that landed that was like such a cool universe and they really have i'm glad because they needed some new ip to stem to and i remember the noise around dreams which was was it was it this year or was it christmas that it launched uh, no, it launched in February, but there was a lot of buzz around Christmas, certainly around this, this is, game. A lot of yeah, excitement I remember. Around it. That's why. But um, this kind of platform is, is, I love the creativity to it. I think you're right. People will tend to go the clone path. Closest thing we've got at the moment, I would say, is Rec Room. Um, <laughs> if that, if that's model. the closest yes. we've got, then we have a long way to go because, like, Dreams is such a strong title on PlayStation. It's, it's, it's adding so much more value to their VR library, to any VR library, because as you said, if Rec Room is the standard right now of like what Dreams is, then I mean, it's fun. Well, certainly but... like that, like being able to create your own spaces and games for other people to play. And people are saying in the chat, they're correcting us that apparently Sony does own yeah, Media okay. Molecule, so okay. it's, it's not gonna come to any other platform. And like personally, you know, I'm not interested in building anything myself. You know, I suck at building stuff, so I'm not interested in that, but <laughs> I am super interested in seeing what the community build and share online because you know when you share something on uh, the dream the dream verse it gets ranked and scaled by like trending That's... new most upvoted um so you, you know you don't get just That's like amazing obviously like the the low quality stuff that people put no. together and just but throw it's a, the like store. the recognition you're gonna get some really high quality the recognition stuff is, yeah. is so much fun like you know you can make something it's like youtube too right like you make a video you put some work into it and people like it and they you know uh, and and the same with this like you know people are gonna play your stuff and you you can get like you can just do it for fun or maybe you have the ambition to become a developer um exactly yeah. no it's it's it, it, I love when these um, universes open up because it get, it lends itself to someone latching onto that and then riding that wave. So you could be a budding content creator who's like, I want to go and create stuff. And they see this and they're like, that really excites me. I want to share that with other people. And you could be the world's, you know, number one expert. Now, just like there are, I'm sure there are already people who are doing that on Half-Life Alex mods. It's the same thing here. You know, you could literally sit at the precipice of of all the content that's coming through dreams and just do a channel based on that so yeah absolutely and i think like you say this could pave the way for for a load of future vr developers using this platform to create games you know and i love that and i can't wait to see people that that use like tilt brush like rosie for example who's like a tilt brush artist to see what stuff that she can do in this because instead of just building like an art piece you can actually build worlds that people can play as a game. And I think that's really exciting, especially those real creative types when you unleash them on a system like this. You just brought up a really interesting point. We're, we have this little uh, black hole gravity force that's happening between uh, art VR platforms where already you are moving from a canvas um, or a drawing pad into VR. And that changed, that made you pivot and change as an artist, right? And you came in and you're like, okay, now I've got this volumetric area that I can create in just like a sculptor would. But now you might even suck some of those artists over to becoming a game designer through something like this because the art side is there and it's being fed. And then you're going to pull a couple over. So I love when you get someone who's like really they know their craft and they're really honed on that and they get pulled over to some other avenue. And then 
people who are on that platform are really surprised by, wow, you're you're amazing. I never heard about you before, but you've come into this little universe and you're creating these fantastic things. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And the thing is as well, like when you look at the design process, particularly using the, the PS4 like DualShock controller, it looks very rudimentary when you think about actually going in VR and 3D sculpting and then, you know, manipulating these objects with the move controllers, it looks way faster. Um, so it's going to be really interesting to see what impact this has on the industry, on, on the community. Oh, oh the I was on community. the production of like more move controllers from, from 10 years well, uh, ago. <laughs> Well, the thing is as well, like you can also apparently produce uh, a level four VR players without actually having a VR headset. So if you are that creative type, you can produce something oh, yeah. for the VR community without actually having a headset, which is oh. interesting. Um, but yeah, if you're interested in checking out Dreams and brushing up on your world building skills prior to the mm. PSVR update, which I said is coming on the 22nd of July, it's available on the PlayStation Store. It's quite pricey, $39.99 in US dollars or $34.99 in British but pounds. That means endless um, possibilities. So, But yeah, is, quick it, question, quick question. So is this, if I'm buying this, like you, Mike, I, these sandbox games or constructor games and engines, um, I generally go into them and I don't create a lot. I like play yep. what's there. Is it... Like, a, for example, Gadgeteer had a kind of a backbone to it. It had a story, and then you could sandbox. Is this completely sandbox and you're entirely reliant on community, or is there some stuff in Dreams that's, you know, from Marble themselves? Uh, yeah, so there's stuff in there that is built by the developers themselves. There's like a, a full single-player story experience, actually, with um, plenty of different mi uh, mini-games that was built entirely in Dreams from Media Molecule, which is um, quite a polished experience from what I, I've seen. Good. I was um, hoping that was the answer because too many times developers will create an engine and yeah. then there's nothing to play. And and well, it's like they're just completely reliant on community. Yeah. What we don't know is if that's going to be playable fully in VR when that releases or what content they're going to be producing for the VR update. We don't sure. know that exactly right now, but... You know, I think it is super interesting. And like you say, it's endless content, you know, that could carry on the PSVR for, for a long time to come, you know, without yeah. any proper game releases, which is really exciting. Very cool. Um, so that is Dreams, uh, getting a free update for PSVR on 22nd of July. Whilst we're on the subject of PSVR, let's talk about Iron Man VR. Uh, <laughs> because at this point, you know, I've only played the demo. I thought it was super fun. Got me hyped for playing the full game. And I think Zim really enjoyed Jesus. it too, right? How could you only play the demo, Mike? That's just uh, re reprehensible. Repre Have you played the full game yet? Uh, no. no. <laughs> <Not> yet. Okay. <laughs> so I think Nathie's the only person that's got um, significant hands-on with the game so far because I think you got early access to the game prior to yeah. its uh, release. Um, so have you finished it yet, no, Nathie? No, I'm, uh, I'm at chapter uh, 7, and the, the game ends at chapter, I think, 12 or 13. So that kind of gives you an okay, idea. So but I can tell you some chapters that I played are like 10 minutes and it's like oh that was the chapter okay I'm like sure if that's one chapter then so it varies uh, a lot um but yes i uh, i'm pretty far into it i actually started a series just like i did with half-life because i just enjoy these games way too much man and uh it's like i want to share it with others and uh i'm mainly i think i'm mainly playing it because of the story i i just enjoy those you know that that humor and that uh, just all those, those, just like when you watch a Marvel movie. I think that's 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 why I'm uh, you know diving so deep into it because if we look at the gameplay, gameplay is amazing. But you know you can definitely uh, notice that you know the PlayStation VR hardware is is quite dated and and make making you wish that you could play it on a different platform. But it, it it's still so exciting to play 
that you would recommend people to buy a PlayStation VR uh, because that's how good it is. And, and it shows once again that uh, if you have invested into PlayStation, then this is one of those titles that no one else can play. And it's it's great. So, um, so yeah, what I think about it, it's it's like the the... What you guys have played is pretty much kind of like the same of what you are going to experience later down the road. You will unlock new weapons. Uh, so we're talking about like smart missiles or smart bombs. You can upgrade your suit in all kinds of ways. So you can, for example, um, you can make your uh, suit faster. Uh, you can uh, change this, the skin of your armor. That's just cosmetic. Uh, you can also um, have like shields that will regenerate your uh, armor faster etc etc so i think in the in the, in the sense of like upgrading your suit there is a lot to do and i think uh that's something uh that people want if they play this game right you want to make your personal suit and i think they did very well with that you get research points to do that so it's like you buy those uh upgrades uh, and and getting those research points is super easy so after every level you played you get um you get research points based on how good you played. So if you, mm. for example, destroyed a lot of enemies with different combos, you will get more research points. Uh, the max mm. is always five, and every upgrade is also five uh, points. So every time you get five, you can do an upgrade. And when I spoke to Parole, one of you know the, the 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 guys who's really into PSVR, he said that it's super easy to get those points. It's not like they make it hard in any way. At the end, you have uh, unlocked everything you wanted. So difficulty-wise, it's not uh, super challenging, uh, but it's still difficult to play. So it's you know fun in 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 a good way because you have three difficulties. Um, and, and the hardest one, um, yeah, you could die, but most of the time it doesn't happen because you constantly fly. And if you, if you feel one with the suit, you can just make it happen because, uh, as I said, it's a front facing experience, um, but you can just turn around, uh, and, and, and play, uh, in, in any direction you want, because, uh, they, they optimized it very well to make you still, uh, aim at at certain enemies. I don't know how they did that. It feels yeah. like magic, but it works super, yeah. super, super well. Although I still. So are you saying that the because uh, the experience that I got in the demo was that the it felt it was the first game ever on PSVR to convince me to feel like I was in a 360 headset. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. So that holds throughout yeah, the yeah, yeah. game then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have not like even if you sometimes your arm goes nuts. And it like, have you ever seen it where your arm stretches out into the Late void and it doesn't know where to go anymore? That happens. Or sometimes your arm like twitching a bit, but never ever had I had problems with the aim itself. So I can still hit my enemies. That's that's yeah. not a problem. There's intelligence, I think, baked in there software wise that like helps you like smart yeah. aiming Calculates or a little it. bit of a, like, it feels like they were smoothing the experience just a little bit, but it wasn't. Mm. You know the annoyance when uh, a game assists you too much and you're like you're firing over here and it's still hitting the enemy in front of you. Yeah. Like I didn't find it was that level, no, which no, was no. good. I, it was kind I of. I think they made. Low. I think they made the system way more intelligent than it really is, and I wish they would have done that with yeah. other games. Although this one just, you know, like you, they could have never enforced you to play this front facing because the enemies are everywhere and you're Iron Man. Yeah. Iron Man also doesn't, you know, only looks forward when he, you know, sits in a suit. Um, but yes, you're right. Uh, they have done a, you know, a, a great job on that. And uh, something they also build in is a lot of safety options because 
you know, I, I slammed the wall, but what's even more dangerous is people when they stand, because it's also a standing experience. You don't, you, you can't really move because you're standing in this circle. Uh, in my opinion, mm. the circle is a bit small, like you lean a little bit forward with your head and it's all like, oh, beep, beep, bop, boop, beep, boop. Um, so it could be, you know, it could be a bit, a, a bit wider. But what this circle does, it gives you like a, a, a safe space with like a grid around mm-hmm. you, just like you have on, on the Quest and on, you know, all the headsets. Um, and uh, what else they do is you have like, uh, well, not blinders, but but this like vignette mode where it kind of, mm-hmm. you know, keeps you safe. But all of that comfort stuff doesn't take away that this is quite intense. This is not for just, you know, the, the people that just got into VR that don't really have their VR lags uh, yet, even that it is just a standing experience. Um, what they also did is they build in this system that if you spin like three times, it gives you a warning that your cable might be tangled <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, that is so smart. It's, it's like they had that in the demo. They had that in the demo as well. Like that is so yeah. smart. Like I, there's very few games where I've I've seen that logic uh, taken where it was like you spin and then it's telling you to untangle yourself. Yeah. Like why don't we have that at platform level but, on Oculus Home, for built, instance, like, or for Steam VR? Build into the why? also like build into the HUD in a way where you would almost think that's a part of Iron Man's HUD. You know what I mean? So it's not also sure, not yeah. like immersion breaking. Uh, so that's great although first I was like you know I played all these missions I was like I just turn around man like this warning whatever like I I didn't even like watch it but then after a while you see that this even this cable and this is a like the PlayStation VR cable is like a really sturdy one right like that's not chunko but the small one (laughs) that in between like the where you turn it on and the the volume if you have the old PlayStation VR uh, that part the the, the tiny cable that tangles up like uh, crazy so after a while I was completely tangled up uh, but that was after like I don't know three four hours of, of me playing that game so that's why it's there um, you also have snap turn you have smooth turn if you want to use that again like I'm not into that I just want to physically do it and as I said it works fine if we talk about the HUD uh, some of the things in the HUD are like you 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 like the field of view of the PlayStation VR is not not so big. So it's almost like you really need to try hard sometimes to see the upper information. And there's also certain information that I did not necessarily need it. Like it gives you, for example, the point system. So if you make a combo with enemies, it shows like how much points you get and stuff. It's something that when I watched my videos back, I was like, oh, so that's what it also shows. But there are a few things Mm. in there that is kind of unnecessary and doesn't really uh, feel like like you're all, I'm always looking at the middle you know where I'm flying but it's not mm. like I'm yeah. like oh my weapons are reloaded that, or oh I can use this again are you saying that it's like it's bulking out the HUD in a way that's unnecessary and it would have been better if they had just freed that space uh, up or are no, you it, saying that well, it, it's just the positioning is the problem it's, it's not like I think the HUD should be there because you're playing as Iron Man it's not annoying yeah, anyway sure. it's, it, it, it fits the, the style of the gameplay I think it really adds something to that but it's just that if you do put something in there, then put some information in there that just pops and like you you look at it like, as I said before, sometimes like your weapons need to reload. So technically you would have to look at the bottom of your screen to see if you can already use those weapons again. But I never did. It's like after all, you know, like, oh, okay, after 10 seconds, I can use it again. Mm. And you don't look at it. So it it's kind of yeah. like a filler. It doesn't matter, but I wish they just fill it up with things that well the th- the th- 
or yeah, I don't know. Maybe they should have made it more clear. I feel like it's very hard to see that information uh, in a way, like mm. because the gameplay is super action packed. It's so fast. It's in freaking sane. Now I do have a downside to this game, and that is, uh, you all remember Defector, right? So it has a little oh, bit yeah. of a Defector vibe to it because if you're between cutscenes. Um, the cutscenes are all teleport-based uh, uh, because, again, standing experience. Uh, it's, it's very comfortable in that sense. Um, so you just move from one point to the other, and uh, that's that's how it works. But there are moments where, and and this happened later on. It's almost feeling like they got more and more ambitious along the way. Where first, like, okay, let's just you know take it easy, take it easy, and then it gets more extreme because there is a moment where you just get blown away and your whole body moves so you uh physically also do that so then your head is like floating you see this body you're like uh, okay then you're sitting on the floor you're looking at your hands you're still standing so that's kind of weird but then there is this this guy who then um you know wants to give you a hand to help you you know uh, get up again but it then enforces you to look that way so it kind of turns you a little bit just like in defector and then this this hand goes up, but then it constantly go, dips to black between these different parts. Almost like they wanted mm-hmm. to create a smooth scene, but they just know yeah. it didn't work if the player would do it themselves. So they it just goes from five seconds screen to five seconds screen and again. And then it kind of beep, beep, beep. It just uh. kind of snap turns you in, in a way it wants mm-hmm. you to go. It doesn't happen that much, but it did happen a few times. And another thing that was super weird is like... Okay, so imagine, uh, so Nick Fury is in the game. We have seen him in the trailer. He looks great, but the models look awesome. It looks really, really good. Like you wouldn't think you're still playing on a PlayStation 4, but he's standing there and he has a phone in his hands and he's like, okay, here's a phone, go research it. So you grab the phone from Nick, right? But then you want to give Nick something, but you then suddenly they just have this animated hand in there that does it for you. So I'm like... Or you let someone do everything, or yeah, you, or not at all. Yeah. You, you can't do one. No. Or, you can't so do you're both. suddenly like you're like your hand is like what the heck? Just it's almost like this fake hand comes out of your tummy and it's like hey, that's, that's my hand. That's weird. Um, so yeah. that, that's a little strange. Again, didn't happen that much, but it just shows that I don't know what they tried to do there. They're trying to kind of. Yeah. Uh, there's a conflict in the design there, yeah. some somewhere. You know, they are like you say, you either choose one path or the other. Yeah. You don't do both. Yeah. So, so um, overall, to wrap this part up, great game. Like again, PlayStation VR man. Like the fact that I'm just grabbing all all of my move controllers again and my headset, even that the setup is well, you know, not so good compared to uh, the Quest and the, the Valve Index and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. But it's still, this game is so freaking exciting, so good, the story is amazing, uh, it's so action-packed that you just are willing to do that. And that just shows that mm. that this game is, is in, in its core, is, is just fantastic. Mm. You get what I mean? We've got a question, yeah, uh, from Nim Sony. He says, um, is the HUD used for motion sickness prevention, do you think? Like the way that the HUD is... Well, if you turn off all the comfort settings, no. Uh, but still, it does help. But it's not okay. the same as being in a in a in a cockpit. cockpit. You know, it's it's right. still you are the. So I, I, it's not the same as you know driving a car or sitting in a submarine or something. Yeah. Right. I did. I didn't notice any uh, like particularly in the demo. There's no point field effect, which is what they use in Lone Echo, which is like this really 
light like gray dot system, which means that your your uh, head can keep track of the environment moving around you without causing that odd discomfort. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always attributed the HUD in, in uh, really more as just an immersive piece. Uh, but it, it does help in certain games, you know, like uh, cockpit games, certainly the more surround you have, mm-hmm. the more um, grip your brain has. It's like having little t- talon hooks into yeah. the environment. And so the yeah. more surrounded you are, actually, the, the yeah. better off your tummy is. But uh, so one more thing that I almost forgot to say is that um, so every I, I do feel like every mission I played so far, it really goes from one mission and then some cutscenes, next mission, some cutscenes, next mission. That's kind of how it constantly goes. And, 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 and it does feel like every mission is pretty much an arena you're playing in. Of course, again, that's because of the PlayStation 4 and not having enough power to make it more open world. So it always feels like, you know, after a while you fly to certain points, like you have to go back. So for me, it always, even that they kind of try to give you the illusion you're in a big city, I can just see with my eyes that it's just this arena I'm in and I need to stay in there to play the game. That's something that is a shame. Um, and what I also noticed is that they sometimes replace certain elements and they just put a different code over it. So let's say uh, one time you have to um, save some people in a building and you have to um, hack the, the energy system in there. And what you then do is like you pull out some capsules, you grab some kind of like battery and then you save the people. That's kind of what it comes down to. But then later on, Mm -hmm. you have another mission. Again, the environment looks amazing, but it's an arena and you do the same thing, but this time it's a bomb and um, it's like the same thing again. It's just a different uh, paint over it and you start to kind of notice that. And I wish it was more like... Oh, is there also some more puzzles to it? But it's it's definitely you know the focus is on the the combat all the time. Mm. It's so it's not really a puzzling game. Uh, it's not no. no. So would you say that it, it lives up to the hype or, no, or it, not? No, so no, it it does live up to the hype, and it, there is okay. so much interaction to it. And as I said, the the comedy just does it for me. Uh, it's the story yeah. that keeps me hooked, and the gameplay is is like a passenger next to it. So yeah, yeah, yeah no, totally. Awesome. Well, the thing is, like, I was looking into the like some of the reviews because obviously I haven't played the full game yet, and it's really interesting to see because there's a bit of a divide between like the mainstream media, of course. Yes. And, I was already, and, and I was te- already scared of that even before it came. I was like, this is gonna be, yeah, uh, yeah. And of course, because like Iron Man's huge IP, so it's kind of, of course, it's gonna get the interest of these like you know mainstream media tech websites as well. Sadly, I was reading, sadly. I was, yeah, <laughs> I was re- reading reviews from The Verge and Engadget, which were pretty negative. Um, and even Ars Technica went so far as to say that you should completely avoid the game, okay. which is pretty amazing, really. Wow. Um, and most of the complaints were about the control scheme, uh, repetitive loading screens, um, uh, and complaints about the limitations of the PSVR as well. But then you see like IGN, uh, Upload, uh, Road to VR that went on to say, you know, that it's a great game and that, you know, it's, it's one of VR's greats, you know. It's... And I, it, it's so weird. Like, I wonder if this is like just the difference between game journalists who have had significant experience with VR or not. Do you know what I mean? Like that will depend whether the review is going to be either a good one or a bad one, because say if you're new to VR and like you said, you're jumping into this game, maybe it's a bit too intense Mm. or, you know, they're not used to VR and they're having these frustrations of learning how to use the move controllers or whatever. Then that causes, uh, you know, a negative impact on the, on the review. And I just wonder if like, you know, from from their point of view, that VR is just massive inconvenience for them, you know, especially if they're not using it and they're 
their their you know director of the the public publication is saying right you know here's the 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 office psvr you need to take this home and review iron man vr and they're just looking at this like holy crap this is going to be a massive ball like i have to set this thing up i can't sit on my sofa and kick back with a bag of doritos while i review this game i actually have to stand up and put some effort in and and this is why there's such a massive disparity in in vr reviews it's 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 as you said it's a very personal thing first of all to play a vr game then you have journalists who have uh, are part of a website who usually gets more clicks when it's negative. Then you have other websites yeah. who are more driving on the positive uh, side of uh, things. Uh, I do agree about the loading screens. It takes ages and kind of takes you out of the experience. But um, yeah, as you said, like, and, and also the thing is, some of them are already biased before they even try it. They had bad experiences with VR, so yes. and others had positive experience. So then suddenly it's amazing because... It's the same like move controllers. Dude, if I play with those move controllers after like two, three months of not using them, yeah, of course it's going to be complicated. But at least keep that in mind when you write your review. Like if mm. I, like these, some of these journalists, they're like in the VR department, right? And they always play mm. with the Valve Index, play with the Quest, woo woo. And then they have the move controllers, total different like control scheme. And then they yeah. kind of bash on the controls. I'm like... Dude, I had to play like the Iron Man game for a couple hours to get back into it. It's yeah. and then you can't judge it that way. So I feel like it's very hard. Um, of course, yeah. IGN is like always giving high numbers. I mean, Last of Us they also gave it gave it like a ten out of ten. So I mean, uh, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. By the way, uh, I, I I wouldn't personally say it's a ten out of ten when I finished. No, it this but week. everyone um, knows that. Just but saying. everyone knows that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, something that I did notice and and that's amazing is that um, I got the press uh, kit from Camouflage. A press kit is mm. basically for uh, journalists, for YouTubers, and etc. And it contains uh, s- screenshots, uh, trailers, uh, maybe a summary of what the game is all about, maybe some some cheats oh. or where it's like, okay, this is what you should keep in mind when you play this in this mission. But they made a very cool guide with pictures of Tony Stark and Friday, his assistants, showing how um, you should be setting up your VR headset, where the camera should right. be going. Because PlayStation VR, if the if the if they're like, ah, tracking sucks. I'm like, well, maybe you didn't set it up right. So they made like yeah. a little PDF, super such... cute, like with these little, uh, little pictures. And it also had like a checklist, like please play these and these missions first before you wrap up your review. And I think that's something- That's good. That's smart. But then, yeah. as you said, even with that, with, with that, some people it, just don't bother. Uh, yeah, because I, I saw Ben Lang, you know, wrote to VR. You know, he's he's very critical, but I think he's also very fair, and he does some really great reviews. And he said something like, you know, there was a steep learning curve to Iron Man VR, but once I had cracked it yeah. and put the effort into practice, yeah. I actually felt like a superhero. Yeah, and I think really. that sums it up. Whereas yeah. these these tech websites, they're just not willing to no. put that much time and effort into practicing and getting good at the game. They just think it's a massive inconvenience. And they're again, just like, well, like, this isn't very it's, good. It's, it's because of VR. Like VR on itself, as we know, is still not very big. With Last of Us, you can't pull that trick, Mike. You can't just play it yeah. halfway and not know how, like you, you have your controller upside down. You're like, I don't know, it doesn't, uh, you know, you can't, <laughs> you can't pull that trick. But with VR yeah. for some reason, because it's still not the mainstream is on top of-, of You can blame the tech. Yes, yeah. yes, that's what I'm saying, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we're also, we're also in like a hungry spot. I mean, I don't think we're as hungry this year as we have been in past years, but to look at it from the other side of the fence, you know, we, we, we will take something that's even mediocre to good yeah. and look at it with rosy eyes that's because, true. Yeah. because we were needing, right? If you remember like, what was it, 2018, 
a year where it was like shovelware, shovelware, shovelware. Like all you were getting was wave shooters and then room escape games. And it's like, come on, can we get something, please? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Once you start getting those kernels, like what you said with Alex, once you've had that taste of that meal, you get anything that kind of hints you in that direction. And I kind of feel like it pushes us a little bit biasing that way. Again, just playing devil's no, advocate of course, here. But no, of course, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there was an aspect of that too. No, no, like I, I think like, as I said, with the Velvet Eggs, you're waiting for so long and then you appreciate a game arriving even more yeah. on a personal level. Yeah. I think it's it's very hard. Like I, like I honestly don't write like reviews on games. I just play them and I show them like they are. But um, I, I, I do think it's it's very challenging to write a review just based on facts and especially mm-hmm. with VR, you know, sometimes like, you know, if, you, if you're a consumer yourself too, because like I'm kind of a consumer with Iron Man, honestly, like if I owned a headset, yeah. this is something I would buy. Uh, but then looking from the, you know, the industry side, from, you know, the, the business side, it's, it's also so you know I totally get what you're yeah. saying and that will always yeah. be a part and that can be a positive like in my case I'm positive about because I have been waiting for this game for so long but then you have other people yeah. who don't understand what VR is like and yeah. they make it negative you need to be somewhere in the middle but that's yeah. super hard like, I, I love yeah, your like, point though about the controllers because that is so happening that is <laughs> yeah. so happening PSVR is a ballic I think Mike quoting Mike there yeah. to set up especially the old school system. It is yeah. not but, a fun but still, process but still, to set up. When it's set up and you're playing it, you forget about it. It's like- Yeah, when, when it's your daily system and you use it every day and it's your VR system, it's not a problem. Yeah, but even, it's not a problem yeah, at yeah, all. But even like, so like I don't yeah. use the PlayStation VR on a daily basis. Of course, I also make videos about it. So that also plays yeah. a role. But then still, when I have it set up and I have the camera and everything and it works, I'm like, wow, amazing. Great game. Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I, I still think if you get to experience this game, you're like, okay, if the system doesn't matter. I just get it set up because it is a yeah. ball lake, but it's not as much as a ball lake uh, when you have played it. So yeah, and uh, I think as well, you know, to a certain degree, they could argue that you know we're we're invested in VR too much and we're too biased and we see mm. like like Zim says things with rose tinted glasses, but you know. That's why there's a lot of publications out there, and you well, know I'd read a lot of different it, reviews before you make up your it, mind. It, it's funny, funny that like you know PSVR uh, parole, um, those guys are usually you know they feel that even in the VR community, uh, because of the system not being super you know uh, next level compared to the rest, that it's it's bad. But every time it proves once again that that's not the case. Same with Dreams, yeah. right? We haven't played it yet, but that's gonna be super uh, super awesome. Uh, and, and like I just respect uh, every system and it's funny that they're always super surprised when I'm positive about PlayStation VR going back to it because you rarely see uh, media outlets uh, you know covering PlayStation yeah. VR well yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's it's the biggest platform and has one of the best uh, games yeah yeah True. So that is uh, Iron Man VR. Yes. Nathy's hands-on experience. Yeah. Lives up to the hype. Totally. Go check it out. Yeah. I've installed it this morning. I'm going to check it out this week so I can talk yeah. about it maybe don't, next week Don't, on the don't show. punch your uh, well, fist against I'll the wall and don't get tangled up in your cable. That's all I'm saying. Thanks Thanks for the advice. <laughs> don't die. So, so we're, we're running a bit late, so I'll, I'll dive through the last bit of news, and that is that the Oculus Quest uh, has got another uh, update this week, which serves as update 18, adding uh, and refining the headset's features even further than before. So uh, now, with along with improvements to the universal menu and multi-browser support, Oculus have added predictive text to the virtual reality keyboard, meaning that web browsing in the headset is much faster and easier, which is you know a little quality of life update that makes things easier. Because this is you know available on most you know smartphones. You know the most popular suggested words get 
popped up after typing in a few letters which appear at the top of the keyboard and then you just tap on them and it just makes the experience faster. Um, along with that, we also got some uh, nice colours for the Guardian system, which is uh, which is cool, I guess. Ooh. You know, if you have a deep hatred for the colour blue, <laughs> you can now change it to uh, purple or yellow, which is a nice little touch. Um, we also got some new notifications and social updates, so now you can share in VR content or ask a friend to join you in VR um, using Facebook Messenger, which is kind of interesting if you've like linked your Facebook account and everything else to it. So... Mm making it more social, but still, it's like we've talked about with the Oculus Go, it's nowhere near as good as Oculus Room's integration with that social sort of multiplayer integration, which I hope also, to see in Horizon also, in the future. I, I don't know if this is the right timing to to be, you know, integrating Facebook-related uh, things, but maybe that's just my take. Uh, you know, it, it was inevitable, you know, from the very beginning, we knew this was going to happen, and, and now we're seeing it, you know. Um, but one of the most important and interesting features, I think, of this update, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, is voice commands. Ah. So yep. uh, if you have the latest update, you can enable uh, a shortcut for voice commands uh, by double tapping the Oculus Home button. And basically like a little voice assistant will pop up and you can ask that voice assistant, what can I say? And they'll give you a list of like commands and you can say like, you can ask what the time is. You can say, take a photo during uh, a game. Take, take a little screenshot for you. <laughs> you can also say, start casting uh, oh. to cast your gameplay to a Chromecast, for example, so other people That's can see what you're playing. And that's you can cool. even launch apps and turn off the headset this way, which I think is and pretty neat, actually. That's like uh, like English for now, I guess, or American. Uh, yeah, so US English only right now, so it doesn't support other languages, it but work I assume... With, with funny Dutch accents? Well, that's something you're going to have to test out yourself <laughs> yeah, yeah, and let yeah. us know uh, next, next week on the show. But I was kind of just wanted to ask you guys quickly, like, do you guys use voice assistants in other sort of smart devices like, you know, uh, Amazon um, Echoes or, or any other sort of, uh, you know, Siri or anything like that in your homes, like for smart features or? Used to. Um, I, well, I even used to use it to get ready for my show. I used to use Voice Attack, uh, which is an app that a lot of mm. Elite Dangerous players use. Mm. Um and I find that very helpful. It can be very time-saving. Um, I, I, I've ripped my <laughs> Google Home Mini out of the wall because I said I don't want to have this thing listening to me anymore, which is kind of silly because your phone is listening to you all the time anyway. I like them. I just think I, I'm like, I'll just, I'll just wait another five, ten years mm -hmm. until you know this improves. Because I just wasn't finding, aside from getting it to play music from across the room, I wasn't really using it that mm -hmm. much. That's, uh, that's the number one thing I use it for is to play the radio. Oh. Uh, and I've also got it controlling my lights, actually. So when I'm in bed, I'm a super, super lazy person. So anything that, that oh. can save me like five seconds time, oh. I'm like, well, wow, invested wow, wow. in it. Yeah, the so whole I just lie there in bed and just say, turn the bedroom lights off, it turns the lights off. I love that. The home automation stuff is really awesome. Uh, when I was at Kaz and Cherry's place, like they have it so sweet. Their whole house under so sofa lighting, uh, VR room. Like they come home, it puts music on, lighting shows up in their cabinets. They've got a crystal glass skull with like LED lights behind it. It was yeah. amazing. And so after that, I had to get one for myself. And and I ended up, um, as I said, eventually boxing it again. But uh, I don't know. Nathy, do you use any of that stuff? Um, yeah, I, so I use it for my TV when I watch YouTube. So I just speak into it. It usually works fine. But if you start to speak out some complicated stuff, it's like it doesn't. And then it gives me all these random things. Um, I also, uh, when, when I went blind for a while, you know, with my eye, I was talking to Siri, uh, playing things and, and asking what time it was. Very useful. Um, and, and sometimes also when I want to Google something on my phone, 
I, I just think it's too long, so I just speak into it and then it just looks it up for me. Um, and, yeah. and, and my doorbell uh, that I have, I also speak with when someone is standing in front of the door, if that counts. Um, that's nice. But what, yeah. I, what I wonder, though, is that, that that's, I think that's one of the main problems, same with the remote, that I then talk, it looks so stupid, you're talking to your remote. Like, uh, ask people that, like, 10 years ago, like, I'm talking to my remote, too, you know? Um, it's like karaoke. Uh, <laughs> but um, the, the thing is, like, the Quest microphone is very bad okay it just doesn't sound mm. good at all so i wonder if they have some smart tricks to make that because i do feel that 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 comes into play when you then speak mm, interesting yeah i didn't think of that yeah because it also pumps, you, know, you know when you say it like really pumps yeah. into that that microphone so i uh, yeah I wonder how good that experience is then. From what I've seen so far, it looks pretty solid and, and you know, works pretty well. And I think you can even use it to search for stuff within Google as well, which is kind oh, of yeah. interesting. Um, but what we've seen here is, again, you know, the poor, the poor old Rift S left oh, in the dark, oh you know, not getting this update, Mike, no Guardian Mike, you're, update. You're still no not giving up on your headset. Still not giving up on yeah, the old Rift S. I do it. think it's a good headset, but, you know, it's just such a shame that it's been abandoned by Oculus pretty much. Um, but obviously, you know, these regular updates and these big pushes in terms of integrating new tech in the headset yeah. is a clear push for what is going to be the next Oculus headset, you know, and all these features will be yep. integrated from day one. So, you know, newcomers are going to have this amazing experience with these wealth of features, which I think is yeah. is good. But I just really hope that whatever this next headset is, um, is is better than what we currently get with the Rift S in terms of a PC VR experience. And it isn't just a tacked on PC VR experience like the Quest, which I feel like it is, because, you know, when I want to play PC VR content, particularly from the Oculus ecosystem, I don't reach for my Quest. I reach for my Rift S because it's my most comfortable mm. Oculus headset for playing PC VR content. So yeah. I just hope yeah. whatever they make, if it is a hybrid, which I think it is at this point, you know, that it is as good as a PC VR headset as it is as a standalone device. That's yeah. my only wish right now. So so we just have to test it with me and also Rowdy to see if it understands. <laughs> uh, but I, I think that's very important yeah. because I had so many systems that... I'm just like, I'm just speaking. And then you need to do it in this, you know, this British or American way. Or I'm like, that's not how I speak. But if I you... would love to hear you say, like, try a British accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but seriously, like, sometimes it just doesn't work that well. Um, maybe, uh, like, maybe, just maybe uh, at Oculus Connect, uh, yeah. we're going to see a roadmap on the big screen. It's like Rift S. Well, uh, there's just nothing. I think there'd just be a little gravestone there alongside oh, grave the Go. <laughs> I reckon, yeah. You know, the quest just launching forward into like the future. Like you see the, 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 the coffin uh, dance, they hired them to come on stage to yeah, dance that, with them. That that's what they need. That's what they need. That's, that's, a, that's, a, they that's a great farewell, by the way. The, the spooky yeah. skeletons guy just does the send off for them. I would, <laughs> yeah, I would, exactly. I would do that. Maybe Astley there um, as well. No, but like the features that you mentioned, Mike, the, yeah. uh, the parody feature for the autocomplete is I think the most exciting for me. Um, the other thing that I find interesting is, and I think this released a little while back, where you have the option to use your mobile as the keypad, the keyboard to enter. Oh, text that's prompt. a good idea. Yeah. And that's really, really handy when, when you have the ability to, like say, like casting obviously already, it's looking to your phone over your network and you can actually say, instead of typing in the address, let my phone be the keyboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then that's very helpful in VR because honestly pointing, you know, one letter at a time is a pain yeah. in the ass. Uh -huh. um, so I'm really glad that they got the autocomplete because that's like a, it's just like a minimum parody feature now. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think you're right. I think they're um, trying to iron out those parody things mm. so that the next platform becomes ready this to like, go. oh my God. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, ready it's, to it's, go. 
so that yeah. new consumers coming don't notice a downgrade. Mm. Uh, exactly. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm curious what kind of policy will come with this because uh, same with you know the the Google Minis and the, the Amazon stuff. Like it it it's always you know active to to be ready to listen to. Uh, so. Well, this one you have to, from what I've seen so far, you have to double click to enable it to pop up to start listening. So it's not listening all the time, okay. although there might be a functionality uh, to use that. I don't know. I didn't uh, research it that much. I haven't tried it yet because the update just literally dropped. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting. I, I know, well, you know a lot of people probably will be concerned out there, you know, people listening in on them and it were very private people. I get it. Um, but certainly for me, I, you know, I just don't care. I just open all these things up and let everyone listen to what I'm yeah, doing because I don't think anyone cares anyone. at this point. Facebook. <laughs> I don't mind. You know, Google and Facebook can know what I'm doing. I don't care. You the know, thing is, it's already... I, I, get, I, I get it. That's exactly it. what I was saying. Like, already your governments, especially US and UK, I don't know about yeah. the European governments, but like, they've been listening to your phone for the last 10 years already. Longer. Yeah, it's probably like, highly likely, yeah. You are being parsed. Especially, especially, especially Mike. I mean, Mike is just the Especially most, me, yeah. Like, you know, the, you know what, what he's up to in his attic, you know, like they, they listen you know, to him all the, all the time. They, he's behind his paintings, you know, microphones under his desk. It's everywhere. Yeah. They want to know my opinions on like Rick and Morty and the other things I do in my spare time and <laughs> cursing The Last of Us 2 and, and all those other things that I do. So that's the super important stuff that they want to know from me. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it is interesting and another solid update from Oculus in terms of the quest. It is a shame about the poor old Rift S. Um, but like I said, this is a clear roadmap for, roadmap for them to improve the quest for a Quest Pro or Quest S or Quest 2, whatever it might be. But it's clear that that is what it's going to be at this point. So hopefully we don't have too much longer to wait and we can just say goodbye to the Rift S and just use one headset moving forward. Because oh, uh, I'm kind of bored of this Thank whole Rift you. S versus Quest discussion oh, now. Just give us one uh, platform. I don't want to buy, oh, is this Crossplay? Is yeah, it exactly. <laughs> exactly. So oh. let's now get into a hot topic because we are running well, late and let's clear this up. And this is where you're going to have to super concentrate and where I'm going to have to super concentrate because this is complicated stuff. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I'm not going to try and pretend I know how all no? this tech works. But you do, but right? I did do a, I did do a considerable amount of research okay. before the show to try and explain it as best as I possibly can. So well. bear with me on this one. So this is all about uh, these super small, thin form factor VR glasses that were kind of teased uh, online this week. You know, publications like Upload and Road to VR wrote articles about them. And it's basically from Facebook Reality Labs. So it's from the research... Uh, and development department of Facebook, um, you know, and could potentially lead to a, an Oculus product in the future. Hmm. Um, but let's talk about what we know right now with current generation VR headsets, because they're quite big and bulky. And although some like the Valve Index are very comfortable to wear for long periods of time, it's not as lightweight or as comfortable as wearing just a pair of glasses. You know, you certainly know when you're wearing a VR headset, whereas, you know, where if you wear glasses, they tend to sort of like disappear and you forget that you're wearing them after a period of time. So this week, Facebook's Reality Labs division released a 14-page research paper on holographic optics for thin and lightweight virtual reality glasses. Now, these aren't AR glasses. These are VR glasses. So this is a long-term research and development project, so don't expect this tech to be available anytime soon. But it is interesting to get an insight into going, what's going on behind the scenes, nevertheless. So... Facebook Reality Labs see a vision of the future where people want to use VR for productivity and social interactivity. And like we had the comment earlier on, like, do we feel like VR is ready for productivity now? And our answer was pretty much no. But Facebook Reality Labs want that answer to be yes in the future, of course. And what they need to push beyond what's available now on the market um, 
is a push forward in terms of tech to achieve this kind of wider consumer adoption. And they say that this will require smaller and a lighter form factor, which can exceed the performance of conventional displays near to the limit of human visual acuity. So they're saying we want it smaller, lighter, and even better optics in terms of what we can achieve right now. So according to the paper, a big part of moving forward and reducing the size and weight of these devices is changing the optics, uh, as that is a big integral part of it. And that's why some of these headsets are so big and bulky. And the paper states, in this work, we propose combining polarization-based optical folding and holographic optics to gain the performance benefits of both while systematically working through the unique challenges of holography. In particular, we augment these technologies with laser illumination, directional backlighting and color multiplexing to achieve the field of view and resolution expected of modern VR headsets while reducing the thickness to sub 10 millimeter to enable sunglasses like form factors. This is absolutely crazy, crazy stuff. So what they're saying here is that instead of a traditional lens like we have in every consumer VR headset on the market right now that focuses on the display inside the headset, what they're proposing is using a thin holographic film which acts as the lens. So instead of having a glass lens or a plastic lens mm. that's quite thick um, and, and a distance away from the display to work properly and, and to, to get that, that uh, image in, in clarity and in focus by the user, they're saying that they can reduce that thick lens into a, like a paper-thin holographic lens. So this is like uh, the holographic optic, it basically bends light like a lens but is thin and almost like a transparent sticker. It's that thin and is placed uh, underneath the, uh, over the display, sorry. So with traditional refractive lenses that we have in current gen VR headsets, there needs to be a considerable amount of space between the lens and the display for the lens to focus correctly, right? But with a holographic lens with polarization-based optical folding, light can be controlled to move between both backward and forward within the lens so this empty space can be traversed multiple times, collapsing that space into a fraction of the original volume. So basically, it sounds super, super complicated. But if you think about it in this sense, the distance between uh, the lens and the display right now is like, you know, fairly big, you know, maybe a few inches. And what they're saying is by folding, um, uh, optical folding, they can bounce the light to traverse the similar amount of space, but it's folded. So it's it's doing it in a, in a smaller a smaller volume of space and then you you know you're reducing essentially the distance between the lens and the display down to like five millimeters instead of having that huge distance for the folk for the lenses to actually work and display the image correctly in your eye you know to your eyes essentially um so you've got this like holographic lens which is completely mind-blowing when you just think about it and behind this holographic lens is a 2.1 inch 1600 by 1600 resolution lcd panel and this results in the whole optic stack being less than 10 millimeters thick and weighing just 18 grams, which could be worn comfortably just like a pair of glasses, which is completely insane when you think about it. Um, the only thing that to take into account when we talk about this kind of technology, because it is revolutionary and it is amazing that we can strip it down to this bare minimum weight and size, but this is just the optics alone. We're not taking into account tracking um, the laser illumination, which is required for this headset, the processing power is just the displays and optics at this point. You know, you need a freaking laser to power this thing right now. That's how crazy it is. 
And obviously, you know, in the future, the idea is that the processing will likely be done off the glasses to keep the form factor so small and would likely be done uh, in something like a, a, a belt puck, like we've seen with the Magic Leap AR glasses, for mm, example. Yeah. You know, it's got these these glasses form factor, but it's got a processing puck which you clip to your yeah. belt. So we, we'll probably see something like that. Or even, you know, long-term vision into the future, your mobile phone will be capable of, you know, processing uh, all the, 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 you know, the power that's needed to power one of these headsets, you I, know, because I, I everyone's was, got a mobile phone. I was like, maybe even wirelessly, but that's, uh, well. going to be tricky. It's going to be tricky doing all this wirelessly, but yeah, yeah you know, long-term, of course, future, future, yeah. future, then no, yes, no, no cable is like, you know, that's yeah. where you want to go. And this is, you know, when you start talking about Apple getting involved, you know, this is where you think, you know, these technologies are eventually yeah. going to collide and they have no choice but to get into this technology because, you know, to get involved... Um, yeah. then this is what would be required. So it's kind of interesting. Of course, right now, these are all just prototype glasses, but they do actually work. This is the crazy thing. They, they are working prototypes, but the limitation right now is that they can only display a single color, which is green, but green. the paper suggests, yeah, green. <laughs> That's Matrix uh, stuff. Matrix, right yeah. Hell yeah, and who's our favorite color? Green here in the F-Reality podcast. Uh, exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, but what they're saying is in this paper that with more engineering, they can actually open it up to a wider range of colors, even exceeding what's currently available with traditional displays that we know today, like the LCD and the OLED panels that we use in current gen headsets. Now, of course, we know it's going to be some time until we get our hands on this tech, um, as this is just research right now. But what impresses me the most about this paper is is the fact that we're seeing all this innovation happen so quickly, you know, it's only been a few years, if you think about it, since, you know, the Oculus DK1 days. And if you think about how fast we're accelerating through this tech and to even get to a point where now this is just like a, a working prototype, mm -hmm. it's incredibly impressive. And this also sort of comes back to Facebook as well, because without them and without the huge financial backing and the risk that they're taking on this technology, I don't think we would be advancing this quickly. So whether you you know, love or hate Facebook, you know, you can't deny that what they're doing for the VR industry is going to be revolutionary and pave the way for the future of these headsets moving forward. It's like when we see Michael Abrash talk about the future tech in, you know, his talks at Oculus Connect, for example, and you see like what he's talking about photogrammetry and very focal lenses, you know, we're clearly on a path right now that there's no turning back at this point. You know, we've already invested way too much time and energy to then just say, you know, VR is dead. Okay, let's all pack up and just forget about this. And let's revisit this in a few years time when the technology evolves, because we're already on this path and the future of VR and AR is inevitable at this point. Now, as we've seen with the current mainstream media, who are very dismissive of this tech right now, you know, it's clear that AR and VR will change the way we work and play forever. And it's not just a question of if, it's just a question of when. And, you know, I think this is incredibly impressive tech. Yeah. And, you know, it's just a question of, not if when we see this type of tech in the future, it's just how far away is it from yeah. us right now? And, you know, maybe it's four years, maybe it's five years until we can actually yeah. wear a pair of these glasses ourselves. But it's just incredible that we're accelerating at this incredible pace right now. And, you know, this is what we're looking at in the future. But yeah. it's it's good to, again, say that this these are VR glasses because you mm -hmm. just look at them as like, oh, sunglasses. So the, yeah. the the video we're playing now too in green, it's like, oh, that's what I could see through it. But it's it's like, uh, for example, Huawei has also made, you know, uh, VR glasses and Unreal, et cetera. Unreal is, by the way, that's an AR one. So maybe I should not mention that one. But um, mm. it's like, you know, the display is just in, in the shape of, of, of like uh, sunglasses or reading glasses. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. So it's not AR, but it's small enough to not have that bulky, you know, for example, Quest where it's front heavy anymore. It's just like this nice, compact uh, uh, pair of sunglasses. And that, that's kind of you, where you want to go with that. Yeah, I mean, look, when you think about form factor, though, I mean, sunglasses, and actually when we were just kicking off chat today, someone said, Jesus, light leakage on a pair of sunglasses that are shaped like that is a problem. Yep. The way I think about it is, I mean, wouldn't you prefer kind of the elastic band, you know, swimming goggles that were kind of bringing those panels, I suppose they would be, although tiny and using these tricks to get around the distancing, but that close, like literally just right there on your eyes, you know? And yeah. wouldn't that be the form factor in this? And we often see it in cyberpunk, you know, where they're talking about like future, um, you know, you don't have the, the kind of flat sunglass, but you actually have these things that like hug your eyes. So look forward to see what that is. But I think the number one limiting factor for me would be, I know you were talking about the power source, Mike, but power source has to be the place where technology is going to hold this back because let alone the 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 size of like um you know uh the storage the cpu all that kind of stuff and the heat dissipation needed but actually what's going to power it the battery technology has to be one of the main limiters well i think battery technology is something that hasn't evolved as quickly as other tech industries you know and i think it's very difficult to solve that problem but i do think you know certainly with this kind of small form factor that we'll see a push towards cloud computing and it's something that jason rubin has talked about recently when talking about far visions of oculus you know cloud computing is the future and they've recently bought a cloud computing company you know not too long ago um so it's clear that that's they're on that path and when you take all that and you know i've talked about it previously with shadow you know that i'm testing out in the background at the moment you know using a shadow computer which is essentially a pc and a data farm somewhere you know this one happens to be in paris and I'm basically using virtual desktop to wirelessly send, you know, Half-Life Alex to my Quest, which I'm using here in, you know, near London. It's pretty amazing that although the latency is is pretty undesirable, the tech actually works. You know, it's just a case of improving that latency to where mm. it's unperceivable whether you're using a local machine or a, a machine in a data center somewhere. And that's a very that's good point. It reduces where? also the, yeah, it absolutely it cuts out the need for, for pushing power into the headset and you're just streaming... Yeah, and of course, this also relies on other technologies, you know, like um, 5G or whatever's next after that, Wi-Fi 6, and, you know, just to to reduce the latency as much as physically possible. But Mm -hmm. these these technologies are evolving, and and just like VR, they're evolving very quickly. And, you know, the the Ready Player One dream of just owning a, you know, a display with an internet connection that's very lightweight and affordable, and, you know, all the heavy lifting is being done somewhere in the cloud... It is totally where we're we're heading, you know, in the future. Yeah. So it's super exciting. It's yeah. super super but exciting. On the other side, like battery, you know, battery improvements will hopefully come, and there is a lot of research going into that because I mean, we have electric cars now. We have, of course, mobile phones that you need to charge every two days. I'm sure everyone wants to yeah. uh, use them for at least a week or so. Uh, yeah. So there is a big push to that too, but yeah, cloud computing seems to be more in sight right now than than. Uh, yeah, and it's amazing. Is. Like I was super skeptical of cloud computing, but having actually tried it now with you know Shadow and the Quest, like I say, it's not perfect. No, you know, latency but... is definitely there, but the fact that the tech works and there's yes. you know they're actively streamlining it um, for users now, um, you know, and, to make it easier for them in the future. Is making you know right now, so that could also really help. You know, it, it, even if the next Quest, whatever it might be, you know, Quest Pro, Quest S, whatever you want to call it, 
has Wi-Fi 6, for example, you know, using the Qualcomm XR2 chip or something similar, then that could unlock the possibilities of this cloud computing even further than what we're currently available now with the current hardware. So it's very exciting uh, indeed. But of course, you know, the thing is, you know, I, I don't necessarily like talking about future, future stuff that much. Uh, because it, it frustrates me where we're at right now as well to a certain degree. Um, and sometimes it just feels so futuristic and sci-fi that it's, you know, it's, it's unattainable. But I think, you know, this this tech is and it, it's clear that they've got a working prototype. So it's, it's mm. very interesting indeed. Um, by the way, if you want to read more about this tech and you're super, super into the nitty gritty details and you've got a big brain and you want to absorb all this incredible research, <laughs> go and brain. check out the full 14 pages of it, uh, you know, in its full juicy detail at research.facebook. Oh, no, it's research.fb.com. And that's where the paper is uh, located if you want to check it out. Where, where Where is this rowdy man if you need him, right? This sounded like he a research. This. Uh, this sounded like a science episode, it, but yeah. then it's you doing it. Honestly, like it hurt my my brain getting my head around I can, it. I can know. see that. I mean, it's a little swollen. It is. It is. Like <laughs> holographic displays, like holographic lenses. You know, it's, it's insane. It's insane. When, when they find a way to b break that barrier and get to full color gamut, um, that's going to yeah. be impressive. But I, I, think I, I just, there must be so many challenges there in terms of um, just representing the visual spectrum. Yeah. Um, in terms of the bounces that they need to make. I just, I can't even imagine how they're going to address that problem. It, yeah. it seems insurmountable at this point. So Yeah. But this is why Facebook is so far ahead. You know, they're doing all this legwork uh, for everyone else, basically, because all this research is publicly available. You know, any other company could pick this up and go, oh, that's interesting. Let's try and do this ourselves now. So, you know, it's kind of cool that they're open about it, to be honest. Um, but yeah, very interesting technology indeed. That is the uh, Facebook Reality Labs new prototype, which is a pair of VR glasses, super small and lightweight form factor and could be the headset of the future. So Ooh. there we go. Uh, now it is time to pass over to uh, Zim for the latest releases of this week. We've got uh, a few interesting games, I think, uh, to look forward to next week. So uh, take it away, Zim. Go for it. Uh, is it all right if I underscore that interesting a few times? Because sure. uh, that's what I've queued up. So all right, everybody. Here's uh, You would not have expected the word pancake to make it into the title of a VR game, would you? But uh, apparently this one is. <laughs> Pancake House. Uh, I had to <laughs> highlight this. This is a PSVR game. Um, this is not one I'm recommending you go and spend any money on. It is a zombie uh, shooter. And I'm just going to tell you a little bit about the story behind this one. It's, uh, it's fantastic. John and Jim have a moral responsibility for a situation. They plan to blow up giant drills to block the entrance to an energy source and begin their journey to the sprawling drill control tower. Um... Although they finally discover unknown energy, the mysterious virus, aha, circa 2020, caused by energy, <laughs> gradually turns workers into zombies and threatens the world, and I don't understand this statement, threatens the world by becoming unaffordable. So I, I don't even know what they're saying. I don't even know what they're saying. This is Pancake House on PSVR. It's 30 quid, so it's not cheap, $36. Okay, I just don't understand. What? I don't understand. Why does this game exist? Um, 15 stages, a variety of environmental maps, including villages, factories, and I don't know what I'm doing with my life at this stage. The game description actually lists reload bullets and select guns by using the VR controller. Wow. <laughs> this, this, this basically should just be called, like, you know, zombie shooter VR, you know, like... <laughs> This is what it reminds me of. The description, very my generic. God. The description. They accidentally put the wrong thing in there? I, 
I don't fucking but, know. But honestly, like, it's kind of funny because it kind of sums up what you're going to do in a game anyway. So it's kind of like a good description of what you're going to do. But, but, like, but, 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 but wait, 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 wait. So Pancake, yeah. you know, it's a very serious, you know, uh, name we use. But now for the first time... What, 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 what pancakes? Where? Like, I see zombies in this trailer. It's a zombie shooter. It, but wait, it what, must, what about the pancakes? Like, I was waiting for you to talk about pancakes. It must relate to a pancake house. Like, what if you go to a pancake house in the morning for breakfast, like a diner, oh, like that would be yeah. a very American thing. So yeah. that's what that's how I'm answering that question. I did dig around okay. and look for why pancake house, but I thought it was very funny. My God. Pancake. Now I'm just hungry for pancakes. That's, that's all this trailer has done. Are you not hungry for, un, you know, uh, unlimited energy that turns people into zombies? Unlimited energy? No. Sounds like... Definitely not. Sounds almost like, like 5G is, 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 is based on, oh, you know... Oh, God, this... don't. But yeah, okay, let's just go there. <laughs> the price. Anyway, yeah, this is not Why helping our... Why is it our... so expensive? 30 quid. Because, Jesus. Because there are reloading mechanics in there, and you can shoot. You can put actual bullets with bullets. the actual gun. Actual, ex not, not just bullets, no, actual bullets. That's That's like... But this, this is only on uh, Steam, right? Is PlayStation on? VR. PlayStation VR. Problem. Wow. This How made did they it get past Sony that, QA. That, that QA. Yeah. There wow. are there are some. I mean, it's obviously no. a non-English studio because there were some really atrocious things uh, misspelled, and it supports a whole bunch of languages, right? But oh my God. Yeah. Anyway, Pancake wow. House. Don't buy that game. Well, this please. is this is why after Half Life Alex, I did not play that much games anymore. I didn't want that one to sneak by us. Anyway. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you for that. You're welcome. Wow. Here's another one. Now, th no, this isn't a bad one. I actually think this looks good, but it's okay. cheap. So five pounds. They so don't expect the world. Okay. This is uh, Extreme Escape VR. Okay. So for seven dollars, five pounds, uh, on the 30th of June landed ro a Roomscape Escape uh, with an action element where you're in a hot air balloon that's failing, and you're surrounded by like cinematic cloudscapes and troubling, difficult weather conditions. Uh, you've got a number of tools to help you fix the hot air balloon that you're on that's doomed. Um, and it, it offers about 45 minutes of gameplay. Um, there were actually pretty decent reviews on this one. Your balloon is leaking and you're plummeting to your death. It's one of those room escapes. It reminded me of um, uh, Intercosmos, actually, which was like a Soviet-style game that was there before. But Extreme Escape! If you're into escape rooms and uh, you're looking for something on PC VR, boom! There you okay. go, Fiverr. No oh, that looks awesome, actually. I, I'm, I want to try that one. I, yeah. The heights thing, I hate heights. So that in oh. combination with the room escape, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in. Also, the, yeah. uh, the name of, like, if we, if we just go from Pancake uh, to this, like, the name is good. <laughs> the trailer looks exciting. Uh, again, like, uh, I think Escape uh, Games and VR are always doing very well. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, no, I think this is awesome. And it reminds me a bit of Elevator to the Moon. I don't know why. That game was fun. Because you're going up. You're going up and up and up. Yeah. Just, you know, hope you don't get Arnie in there. Um, uh, yeah, no, so, like, for me, that one is, you know, I like Room Escapes, but I really feel I've seen a couple of things now on Steam. Five quid for 40, 45 minutes or something. That seems like a fair trade to me. Because yeah. it's like you're in an action film. You get to work your brain a little bit. And at the end, you kind of feel like, oh, yeah, it was good. So if you're and a dev, not too, it doesn't have to be too um, crazy, actually, if you want to go and develop a VR game. So if you are going for one, a good Room Escape uh, with some decent puzzles you've thought through that are interactive actually isn't a bad way to start off as a VR no, Especially if you're, you're a startup, right? Like you want to still kind of garner an audience for the games you make. So if you're overselling it from the start, you're going to be doomed anyway. So this is a good approach. Yeah, that's it. Now, uh, who are you like... Uh, 
who are you out there like nature? Now, we've just shown you a hot air balloon ride that might have lifted your heart rate just a little bit. Lifted, so let's, yeah. let's calm that back down with Blue Planet VR. So Blue Planet VR is quite a looker. For those of you just on the audio, sorry, you're missing a little bit. I'll explain it, though. So this is a curated collection of 40 volumetric experiences of really quite powerful scenery and cultural heritage uh, type locations worldwide. Uh, there's a number of things you can do in this. It's not strictly just looking. Uh, there is some interactivity in some of their experiences, not all of them. Um, and actually, this had landed before on Steam and now has come to Oculus Rift. So PC VR headsets, you can go and grab this. Uh, it's 23 pounds on the uh, on the Oculus Home Store. It's 23.79 on Steam. Why well, you pay an extra 80 cents? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's <laughs> Oculus's offering, I suppose. Okay. Uh, but you 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 get a good sense of presence and open exploration in this uh, with these remarkable locations with a good amount of detail. There's hang gliding in it, for example. We featured that as well in the trailer that we're showing now. But generally, just spectacular terrains and environments. Um, and again, given it, given they've gone the mile to give some interactive features, I think that's a cool thing. Um, but these these seem to be a really interesting blend of the photogrammetry execution and the art direction to have a curated experience. So you're not just sifting around and like trying to find good ones, but instead you get a bundle here of 40. Mm. And the coolest part, for those of you with Steam, there's a demo out so you can check out three oh. of the 40 for free. They unfortunately don't have that on Oculus Home. So if you don't have, if you only have Oculus Home and you're only a strict like Rift person, you have to go install uh, Steam VR and get Steam up. But this thing has again uh, positive reviews. It landed on the second of July, so this is really just out uh, from developer Eric Hansen. So there you go. Would you guys play this? Um, I, I'm generally not that interested in this, but I do. I will say that you know these things look way more impressive in a headset than they can, than they can ever be shown on a, a trailer. You know, and and photogrammetry when you see it in a, in a headset is very very impressive. So if you like just yeah. soaking in the atmosphere and the vibe of these things, then yeah, go and check it out. This is going to be great. Yeah. No, I think yeah. this is I think this is awesome, especially if you love traveling and you want to mm. discover new places just to have a look. Like usually these uh, things are making me excited to go and see the real uh, deal. So yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff, guys. Well, that's it. I just think that like something that that's this uh, this this much of a looker. Um, really deserves uh, just some airtime. Let people uh, see, go out and seek something like this. Because mm. I've I've seen people looking, especially this time, things that can they can just chillax with. And yeah. I tell you, Extreme Escape, not for you, but Blue Planet VR, maybe yeah. your thing. Maybe, maybe your yeah. thing. Mm. And again, not not a terrible price tag, but I do think for twenty four quid or twenty three quid, eh, it's kind of steep uh, for something that you're probably gonna do one and done. But then again, it's forty experiences, so you probably get a couple hours out of this thing if you go and pick it. Okay, now, now comes the time of the show where I get to, uh, for those of you, again, I'd like to uh, encourage people to watch the podcast, um, see something that's going to make you highly uncomfortable, okay? <laughs> I have never seen uh, a VR game before that made me maybe this uncomfortable. Now, we all love hand tracking, right? But what about a game that features your hands, but without hand tracking? And it's totally a hand interaction VR game. No hand tracking. This is weird. So in this game, you have control of your physical hands. Hands obey the laws of physics and interact with all the objects as they do in real life, i.e. collisions. But you're doing that with VR controllers. And what we're seeing on screen is some wiggly, wiggly fingers uh, that are, well, to, to, to put it bluntly, uh, interlocked and interfacing in a way that I'm sure those Index controller people wish they could do. <laughs> it goes a bit beyond that. But I do wonder, 
So this is called Fingers Minigames. And this is the part where the game actually comes in. Uh, so with this, you do get to um, play around with your physical hands and solve some puzzles. You see kind of Jenga blocks and things like that uh, that you can play with. And actually the kind of gripping experience uh, that the hands do is, is, is pretty satisfying. And it just makes me wonder why is this not a hand tracking game? Yeah. Uh, because it would go so well. Like the physics and everything that they've got, it just looks like, please, hand tracking now. Uh, and the game element of it is is pretty simple. It's like placing blocks into um, a little sequence and using your hands. So that's pretty limited. But to be fair to them, the price tag is very low. This is two pounds, three dollars, and it was released 4th of July today. Happy Independence Day. Go play with your hands. <laughs> Wow. Uh, Weird looks, though, right? It lads? looks very Weird. satisfying and it's almost like spaghetti fingers that just know how to act. <laughs> Rusty but... Spoon Fingers Simulator 2020. <laughs> 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 Rusty nice. Spoons. Rusty Spoon. <laughs> yeah, but it's a bit oh, odd. But uh, like Nathan said, I feel like it, there's a satisfaction to the way they did the hand physics uh, yes. in that one. I just. I wish that had uh, I wish well, that had hand tracking. But how well does this really work? Like uh, usually the developers, same with hand tracking, they know how to. But then when you do it yourself, it's n never so good. But I don't know. This looks, yeah, I don't know. It looks pretty legit for some reason. It, but, I know. Like, yeah. Like where's where's the hand tracking on the Valve Index? You know, what I mean, like if 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 Oculus can pull it off with a four hundred dollar headset, like how come Valve yeah. can't do it with this like thousand dollar headset? You know, yeah. this is what I I want to be playing this stupid yeah, spoon finger game. This? Yeah, you want to just constantly do this with your fingers? I don't, I don't like, want to do it with controllers, though. I want to do it with my actual hands, you know? Yeah. So motion. things you can already do with your hands, you want to do in VR? Of course. But okay. all, the, all the mundane stuff is fun in VR. We that, that sounded, time, that, time for some reason, that sounded very bad. I don't know why. Yeah. Did it. There you go. So anyway, next one up, uh, one of my favorite studios, Resolution Games, has another title coming to Oculus Quest. Uh, if you don't know Resolution, they've uh, done a whole bunch of different things. My favorite Go title, Narrows. Uh, they've done the Angry Birds games, both AR and VR, uh, and they did Bait, uh, which I know I think Mike's uh, father or father-in-law. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Rowdy's dad. Got addicted Rowdy. to it, yeah. Again, Rowdy, where are you? Um, <laughs> I know he's looking for a place to live. It's fine. Um, so Wonderglade is coming, and Wonderglade, some of you who had previously like a Dream headset or an Oculus Go headset yeah. might be like, hey, I recognize this. So it's actually a previous release from other headsets. It's coming on the 9th of July. Uh, as I said, from Resolution Games. It's a series of casual mini-games, six to be precise. Um, and the, the the purchasing model, which I find really interesting on the other platforms, is they give you two for free out of the six, and for the other four, you have to pay a dollar each, or 80 cents in pounds. So you get two for free, and it's basically four quid to round out the bundle if you want to play. And there's like six different things you can do. Uh, there's also a pass and play mode, so you can take turns in these minigames. There's single and multiplayer, and I think that's what they mean. It's it's local multiplayer. And um, yeah, you can even, like in uh, Peerhead Arcade, as you're playing, you actually unlock tickets that you Ooh. redeem at the Wonder Wheel. I, I, Nathie, I had the exact same reaction. I was like, oh yeah. They're, I don't know why. I don't know it's why, fun. but their logo reminds me of, like Willy Wonka made this game for some reason. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looks fun. I think also uh, kids will enjoy this stuff. Yeah, but and, like uh, that mini game thing, 
hasn't really been tapped. We don't have the WarioWare of oh. VR yet, right? We mm. don't have the Jackbox uh, of logo, VR. Loco Dojo, but... Loco Dojo is the closest thing that we got. Now, to be honest, that's a really good game. I'd love to see Loco Dojo come to Quest. Mm. Come on, well, they tried to come to <laughs> they Quest. They tried. Oh, yeah, they got the no. Yeah, and it's a shame because Brian Blessed voiced the sensei in that game, which was totally awesome. Oh, so good, man. Yeah. It was so good. So that's... Look, The I'm going to have one more mention before we quit here, but Pancake House... Eh. Uh, Extreme Escape, check that out if you're into room escapey stuff. I want to Blue Planet out. VR, if you want something good for the eyes. Uh, Fingers mini games, you want to feel really uncomfortable on July 4th uh, or thereafter. Too weird. Wonderglade, look out for that. That's coming up. Wonderglade uh, from Resolution, a tried, a tried and tested uh, pillar of the VR community. And finally, a freebie for our PSVR friends. So, a small one, but Tomb Raider. So PlayStation Plus uh, this month is giving for free to their PlayStation Plus subscribers Rise of the Tomb Raider, which mm. has a VR scene in it, yeah, which I yeah. think is pretty much a single room and you wander around that room. Yeah, the mansion. So it's, I think yeah, it's yeah. a mansion. mansion. Yeah. So it's not like a huge amount, but if you're looking for a freebie, then go and download that. If you didn't know, if you have a PSVR sitting on the side and you're like, oh, right. I like Tomb Raider. Well, then it's your first chance to go play a classic title and at the same time, get a little bit of VR for free. So there you go. That's uh, the releases and a quick little tip at the end there from Old Zim. Nice. Boom. I'm actually looking forward to checking out that Room Escape one. I like the look of that one for sure. Um, so yeah, we've uh, rambled on for quite a bit now, so we'll just wrap up the show and, and sort of say goodbye. I'll just quickly summarize uh, the show details. So just a reminder, it's a weekly show. We go live every Saturday on YouTube and Twitch. You can also catch the show live in VR using big screen TV, which is totally epic. And thank you for them for helping us out with the show as well, uh, particularly promoting the events on the Oculus platform, which is super nice. Uh, the show goes live at 7 p.m. in Europe, 6 p.m. in the UK, and 12 midday in Central US. You can also check out the audio version, which which is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Smash that like button if that's what you're into, and make sure you subscribe to the channel because it super, super helps us out. Thank you again for the super chats. We've had a few throughout the show, so thank you. I just want to acknowledge uh, you for supporting uh, the show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, yeah, so that is it for now. We're going to be back next week. Hopefully, Rowdy will be back as well, and I'll be giving you, you know, my thoughts on the Childex, which I know you're all aching to know all about. Um, you know, that's going to be your, you know, your highlight next week. So look forward to that review. So uh, have, a, have a great week in VR. Happy end of Independence Day. Thank you for joining us live. And uh, until next week, take care and bye bye for now. See you later.